and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with my friends Rebecca Daling and Melissa Sloter. How are you two doing tonight? Doing great. Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Uh, I'm so excited that this came together the way it did. Um, this isn't the first time the three of us have all talked. We actually all got to hang out and get a little bit drunk in Chicago after C2E2 this spring, and that was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember laughing so much. Oh my god! I don't know if I've ever had that many rum and cokes in one sitting before. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was um. I mean, Joe, you and I had met before that, but this was the year that I got to meet Melissa finally, and um, yes. I was so excited. I was like, of all the, you know, obviously every year when when I go, I'm always happy to see you know familiar faces. Um, you know, Brian and Jake and the Marables and you, Joe and. Um, Jesse and and Amanda, you know, people I see every year. And then, but then when I knew you were coming this year, Melissa, I was like, I'm so excited. Melissa and I are like Twitter friends and we agree on so many things. I was so excited. When I first uh, like met you guys, I mean, met like on the internet or whatever, it was before C2E2 2018, but I d- wasn't like close enough with anybody to like know that that was a thing that happened. So C2E2 2018, you were all in Chicago and so was I, and I just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, it's, it's odd because, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard because like, you know, you meet people on the internet all the time and who knows if they're, you know, okay or not. <laughs> <laughs> It's a mixed bag sometimes with the internet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's like that meme that says, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't get in strangers' cars. And then, you know, nowadays it's summon a stranger from the internet and get in their car. No yeah, kidding. exactly. <laughs> I remember when Uber first started, one of my girlfriends was like, I'm not using Uber. That's sketchy. And I was like, you get their license plate and their photo. <laughs> like, how is that more sketchy than just getting in a cab, which is, honest to God, a random person's vehicle? Yeah, yeah for sure. True. It's like, well, Uber's not, it's not, not guaranteed to be yellow. <laughs> With a little medallion up front, right? Yeah, I'm like, I can screenshot their license plate and their first and last name. <laughs> like, we are good. Should anything happen, I have evidence. <laughs> <laughs> It, actually, the only times I've ever Ubered has been in Chicago, and and it went really well I, every time. Like, yeah, it's necessary. I mean, I, technically, using Uber I don't think is necessary, but like Lyft has issues too. But I typically try to just use Lyft. Um, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Um, Uber and this, like, I haven't done any research on this situation since I basically just canceled Uber and stopped using it. Um, but there was like a couple exposés written basically about how sexist Uber was, especially in like their engineering departments where they would have, uh, women working in their corporate offices, specifically in the engineering department. And they, you know, several women had, complained about sexual harassment and their managers had basically said, Oh, he's a good guy. I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it. Like it'll never happen again. But then those same managers never said anything to the men. And so obviously these things would continue happening. And so I read uh, the online journal of one woman who went through this and she said that she made multiple attempts to just transfer out of the department to just leave, uh, you know, the, the 
the person who had harassed her and the manager just leave them completely. And that manager like blocked her transfers and it was a whole ordeal. So Ugh. yeah. And then, um, way, way back in the early days of the Trump administration, um, when the taxis at LaGuardia, um, went on strike over the immigration, like ban and the travel ban, um, Uber broke their strike lines and picked up passengers, and that wasn't cool either. <laughs> yeah, I remember that there was a news story a while back that I think the CEO of Uber was like a big Trump supporter too, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then yeah, there I, it's true. I do try to use Lyft more, um, and you know, and and react, and also too, like actually, something just happened here in New York that Uber's in a lot of trouble because we just had a blackout here over the weekend, and 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 it was localized, like to Manhattan. It didn't hit anywhere else but like the city. But so of course you've got people stranded because if with the blackout, you know, the subways don't run. Um, you know, they shut down. Um, yeah, they shut down all the subways. So people, especially tourists were like, I don't know how to get around unless with an Uber, right? A, a New Yorker could probably figure it out. Like, you know, they could just, they, they could probably get, get around, but eventually if you want to get off the Island, you're going to need a car. So Uber, um, when, the, so when the blackout happened and of course there were more people calling for Ubers, Uber decided to automatically jack up all their prices. Oh, so yeah, so, see, yeah, that is just predatory. So you know how, like, you know, so, like sometimes Uber or like a car service will say, "Well, if you call the car service like after 11 p.m., it's a surcharge because it's so late." That's cool. I get that. I have no problem with that. But when you're in a state of emergency and you jack up the prices because you know that people don't have a choice, that is just it is predatory and it's shitty behavior. And the city of New York has already basically said to Uber, we're going to, we're going to sanction you. We are going to like take you to court if we have to, because there's no way that you're going to do that here in New York. Good for them. And yeah. I mean, listen, our, our mayor is an asshole and he's worth jack shit, but every once in a while he gets something right. So, <laughs> you know, he got, he got this right. Yeah, that's there's definitely laws against that. I'm pretty sure it's called price gouging, and yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I worked in <laughs> and a I know gas. Uber... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you. Okay, <laughs> we're all so polite. Um, uh, let's see. Midwest. So, <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> oh, and Rebecca's like, "Fuck you both." No. I'm talking. <laughs> Midwesterners who are so polite. I'm just like, "Oh my god, somebody fucking talk." We're bumping well, see, into each other and saying, "Oh." I'm like. <laughs> super polite it's just when when it comes to like a confrontation not a confrontation but if it if there's a space to be filled i'll fill it with oh i'm sorry (laughs) 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 like i'll i'll tell you like oh fuck off but it'll still be that's adorable (laughs) i pointed out the oh thing to my wife just randomly in the grocery store one time and she's like i don't say that and i'm like you say that you will everybody (laughs) around here says that i'm like just watch for it and then by the end of the day we had collected so many opes and then every time we had laughed about it um (laughs) but back to what i was saying um it uh right after 9 11 
that day, so so the planes crashed into the building that morning. That evening, I was working a shift at a gas station, and cars were lined around the block. Mm-hmm. Everybody trying to fill up because there was all these stories going around that gas was going to be like six, seven dollars a gallon, and uh, I basically spent my entire shift just out in the parking lot directing traffic, and. In the middle of all that, our oil company that owned the gas station called us up and was like, hey, you have to raise prices up. And so then for the next like month afterwards, we had all these people coming in insanely pissed, just like calling me a price gouger. And I'm like, I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I work here terrible. 32 hours a week, you know, and go to school. So I didn't price gouge shit, but... But they didn't have to, like, take us to court or anything because right away, like, the company I worked for was like, okay, we fucked up. And so, basically, if anybody brought a receipt in, we would just refund them the difference right on the spot. But, yeah, I don't think I will ever forget that fucking phrase. (laughs) Price gouger. Oh, my God. Yeah, my gas station was, this is going to sound a little bit terrible, but it was, like, in the middle of this Bermuda Triangle of, like, trailer parks. Not everybody that lives in a trailer park is a crappy person, but no. there are lots of crappy people who live in trailer parks, and they all came to my gas station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tra- trailer park. you know, that's a funny thing, trailer parks, because so when I was a kid, I had family that lived, and every time I say that they lived in the South, people who actually live in the South are like, that's not the South. They lived in Delaware, which apparently is not actually the South. But I'm from New York, so I feel like once I hit, like, southern Jersey, I'm like, you're in the South, right? Because that's that's the way it is. But obviously, that's not true. So um, they lived in not a trailer park, but they did have – they did have tr- – my, my, my aunt and her family lived in a double-wide trailer. But it did not have wheels. So it was, like, one of those trailers that just sat – It was like, like a prefab the- home. Yes, absolutely. So a million years ago when we were little, my mom was like desperate to leave New York. And and my mom has never liked New York. She was born and raised here, same as I am. But my mom is not like a New York person. Like she doesn't like if she had the choice, she'd probably like set a match to the whole city and be like, burn, motherfucker. Like she wouldn't (laughs) she would she wouldn't care. Um so she wanted to move out of New York and she wanted to move, you know, to Delaware because that's where my dad had family. And she figured, let's move where you have family and at least then we'll know people, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, to my dad's credit, he did the best. Like he really tried to find a job down there that would like pay enough that he could, you know, pay him enough for his skilled work and and enough to like support a family on. And it just never worked out. But I'll never forget, like my mom had books. I mean, a brochures galore from like every trailer park home or every trailer company that made prefab trailers. And my mom would like sit there and plan out our double wide that we were going to get. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm glad it never worked out because I don't think I'd like living in a double wide trailer <laughs> in Delaware. But we're in Delaware. <laughs> Every time, that's all I can think of is is the Wayne's World line. You know, hi, I'm in Delaware. Because it's true. I mean, we would go like, ugh. So I I feel, sorry anybody who's from Delaware listening to this, but y'all know because y'all live there. But like we would go and at like 8 o'clock, everything closed down. Everything. 
and it was like nothing was open except like the bowling alley would stay open like a little bit longer. Um, but like, I don't want to bowl <laughs> ever. <laughs> and so it's not my thing. And so, yeah, like there was like nothing to do except like go grocery shopping. Cause that, that was open late. It was, um, food lion was the like local chain down there, but everyone called it food lion with the accent. So <laughs> people in Delaware have an accent. A slight one, yeah. Not not a very thick one, but they used to say food lion. That's how it would come out. <laughs> uh, instead of food lion, yeah. Yeah, there you go, Delaware. <laughs> that's, about, that's about all I can say for it. Yeah, Delaware, there. <laughs> I love it. And Delaware's in the South. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I thought it was in the South, and it's people are in the South are like, no, it's not. Calm down. <laughs> It's funny because when you talk about Delaware having an accent, in my mind, like a Delaware accent would be a northern accent. (laughs) It's it's like so weird. Like now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that's not really the South, Rebecca. But we always, I don't know, I guess we thought it was. Well, anything (laughs) south of where you are is the South. That's a very good point. So it's, (laughs) it's like, yeah, and then like having lived in the Northeast my whole life, you know, even just driving down, like, down through New Jersey, you know, once, like, going all the way down through Jersey, which is a very long state. So, like, when you drive all the way down, you know, halfway through Jersey, you feel like you're in another country. Like, it's so different than the New York I'm used to. So, because then, like, you know, it's, I mean, Jersey's called the Garden State, right? So, you get, like, lots of green and lots of rolling hills along the turnpike. You also get lots of, like, factories, it's pretty stinky along the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> I've heard. Don't that at me, New Jersey people. You live there, so you know. <laughs> so, armpit of America. That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> I know. we're so terrible to Jersey people here. We really are. <laughs> That's really funny. It is, it is kind of a class thing where it's like, if you're on that side of the water, you're like, ha <laughs> Yeah, I mean, although I have to say, like, having been, so like, um, there are some towns along that, the coast of Jersey, like, that over, that overlook, like, that how, how Jersey separated from New York by, like, a river. So there are towns that are, like, on the other side of the river. You could see Manhattan from there. Like, those towns, like, Hoboken and Weehawken, like, they're really cute. Like, they've really built them up, and they're very, like, metropolitan. And I go there now, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is Jersey? It's nice here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to bash Jersey so much. Sorry. <laughs> well, he just said it was very nice. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. It was very nice. <laughs> uh, Melissa, something I had read earlier immediately made me think of you being that you did oh, uh, your Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, did you see oh, yeah. that uh, Game of Thrones picked up 32 Emmy nominations? Yes, I did. I'm very excited about a lot of them. And I'm very eye at some of the others <laughs> <laughs> which ones are you eye really about um so for david and dan to submit themselves only in the writing category is um like nearly criminal against brian cogman who is the best writer that game of thrones has ever had period and he also wrote um Season 8, Episode 2, which was 
like hands down by far and away the best episode of season eight and potentially like maybe my favorite episode of seasons like five through eight i don't know i would have to maybe revisit those again to get a proper ranking um but they didn't nominate him they nominated themselves for writing that's gross um when the major problem i mean this is obviously a point of contention but for me and i know for you know a lot of people the the problem with game of thrones season eight was the writing it wasn't you know (laughs) it wasn't the cinematography it wasn't the directing it wasn't the acting all of those things were flawless and gorgeous the way they always are it was the writing that was bad and for them to nominate themselves for emmys and writing and not their other brilliant writers like brian cogman who deserve it that's gross um no it's totally cringeworthy yeah, it's awful. They're, you know, they, you know, whatever. Uh, hold on to your Star Wars, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see that Gwendolyn Christie got a yes! nomination. I'm so excited I love for that. Her I know. So much. I know. No, I do. And I adore her. I am so glad she got the Emmy nomination. Yes. Um, G- Gwendolyn, Lena, uh, Sansa, Maisie, um, Clarice Van Houten, who plays the Red Woman, is in, um, I think, guest actress. But all of the, and then I, you know, Nikolai Costa Walder, um, Kit Harrington, like everybody basically um, got acting nomi- nominations, which are so well deserved. The only thing that I'm upset about is that like only one of them can win and that one of them is probably going to beat Phoebe Waller-Bridge for her acting in Fleabag. Um, well, I guess that's not true because I think that she obviously would be in like lead actress. But anywho, um, yeah, I wouldn't want Game of Thrones to get like outstanding drama. I, you know, one of those girls I want to win supporting, obviously. And I hope that David and Dan get nothing for writing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that. Wow. <laughs> that that's so gross. Like, especially like you. Uh, I didn't realize that the who who was the other writer that you mentioned? Brian Cogman. Yeah, you you referenced um, season eight, episode two. That was my favorite episode of the whole season. Um, yeah, that was the one where um, um, Brienne became a knight. Yes. Right. <laughs> I love that episode so much because it's that pre-war episode and they're all sitting around and having like fireside chats and everybody's talking. And, and I just thought it was some of the best acting I had seen. And then that whole scene of her being like, you know, I can't be a knight because you know, women can't be knights. And then Jamie knights her. Ah, it was incredible. Oh my God. I started crying. I was so emotionally involved in her story by that point. And then, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say about Jamie becoming a knight, it was Tormund that was like, fuck tradition. Who cares if you're like a woman? You should obviously be a knight. And David and Dan are the fucking writers that literally episodes later had Tormund looking at Jon Snow with fucking Danny in the room being like, only a king could ride a dragon when (laughs) homegirl came and saved your ass on a dragon and we all fucking saw it. Like, these are the same writers that within one season did that to Tormund's character. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You do not get an Emmy for that. No, you're absolutely right. And I think think as, as the season went on, 
I mean, it was always something that needed to be said, but I felt like this season it was glaringly obvious that there are zero women in that writing room. There are no people of color. It does hurt because it's like, there's, I mean, and I know that there are beats that you could take both ways, but like, even the scene of like Jamie sleeping with Brienne and, um, oh my God, it's like Game of Thrones talk all over again, but like Jamie sleeping with (laughs) Brienne, right? And then he leaves her because he's a fucking toxic guy. And then she's there begging him, crying, don't leave me, don't leave me. I, I get it. She's upset, but there's other ways to show that. I, I don't think, I still don't think Brienne would be begging Jamie to stay with her. Well, and the thing is, is if, if she was crying over that, it's not for herself. Like if she was yeah. crying over anything in that scene, it was Jamie's potential and the man that she has believed in for all of these years. And like, if she's crying for anything, it's Jamie's weakness. It's not her own. She's good. She's fine. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that is true. I just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah, for sure. It, it just did. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I know there are plenty of other people who see it. I think there are people, more people who see it the way you do that, than I do. Um, and it's hard for me to like, it's hard for me to um, reconcile that because I spent so many seasons watching her be so tough and Yes, I've seen her break down over other things and, you know, which she was sexually assaulted and, you know, all these things happened to her. Like, I've seen her break down at, understandably, but then, like, here at the end of the show and then, you know, she's like, oh, don't leave me. And and then that's like the last time we see her. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the, yeah, it's right the leave me that is the biggest yes, which atrocity. Yes, me. Uh, oh, you can, you don't need him. You don't need him. <laughs> Nobody needs him. It's, it's, and he's going back to his sister for the love of God. Like he would rather fuck his sister than fuck another woman. And it's like, oh, like that's just, ter- oh God. I, I don't know. Like I, shows like that. I I just feel like you've got to have more women in the room writing, you know, these characters. Otherwise, you know, uh, the script is like boobs, 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 fuck, 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 sword fight, girl cries at <laughs> the end. Like, that's how I feel like the script reads because I it mean, sounds Game like it was written by middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then well, like, and the thing is, giant. it was. <laughs> kind of was. No, and I, the thing is, is like, David and Dan are brilliant at things. Uh, Story creation and execution, like, aren't those things. Yeah, that's what I come back to, too, is that they were really good at taking a novel and turning it into a show. Not so good at following an outline and turning it into a show. Yeah, excellent. (laughs) And, like, I'm sorry, but what is George R. R. Martin doing that he can't finish his book? Like he's it, buying new vests, counting his it, money. <laughs> he's buying new vests. You know, what's so funny. He's so hiding it. from all of the fucking like <laughs> hate on the internet. Like right. he can't go on his laptop because he might accidentally click on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see so, that he released a statement saying that, that the, all the negative criticism of season eight is not changing any of his plans for how he's wrapping up the books. And well, yeah, the, the because, more cynical part of me is like, yeah, it's because he's not going to write them. 
Well, and the thing about it is it's like, yeah, good. The, the Where it ended was great. It's all the in-between stuff that sucks. Yeah. So, like, yeah, let me get that ending with, like, better storytelling. I'm super here mm-hmm. for it. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. Because I, I feel like there there was, like, nuggets of goodness in there. And, and I'm totally with you, too. I thought that second episode was the strongest of the season. Um, personally, my favorite that my favorite episode just based on internet would reaction was after Danny burned everybody because like, I was like laughing in evil delight, looking through Ugh. everybody's horrified posts on Facebook. And, and I usually... wish that somebody would have filmed me. <laughs> watching that episode. Well, usually I'd be right with people and like being horrified, but for some reason I was able to just totally separate myself from it and just be like, look, it's, it's ending. It has to end somehow. This is what we're getting. I'm not going to use any of my energy being upset. Instead, I'm going to laugh at all these people who well, are very and, like, the upset. The thing is, is like, <laughs> I'm here for like, you want, you want to show me like a tragic hero? That's fine. Like you want me to like, is the protagonist actually a villain? Maybe like I'm a Legion fan. So, you know, that's fine. But you get into dangerous territory when you use mental illness as a sweeping reason for a woman to make decisions that you believe are irrational because that type of um, like complex decision making gets erased all the time in real life for women. And so it's just kind of a touchy subject and it's like painful to see that's a lazy way to turn Danny into that villain. And I'm not mad that she turned into that. I would love that. And they would be even better if we could figure out why and how that happened. Because Mm -hmm. the problem is, is I'm sitting on my couch watching her burn King's Landing. And in one side of my head, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like this is always where this was going. And then on the other side, my hands are just thrown up. Like why though? Like, it's frustrating when you get taken out of a TV show because the decisions that the characters are making are incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. But it, it also kind of goes back to what, what you're saying about women and mental illness, Melissa, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think um, using that in, in writing as like a crutch of like, Oh, she was really depressed. So she killed a bunch of people. I, I Mental illness and depression is a million times more complex than that. And it, it, it's, it's simply another form of how it, how, like, if, if a woman is angry, it, it's still, I think, sometimes common, you know, for guys to be like, oh, is it that time of the month? Oh, she must be on her period. Like, to reduce it's totally our, common. it's like, like, to reduce our anger to reduce our frustration or or any feeling that we have to simply, oh, you feel this way because you're having your period is just completely condescending and invalidating any feeling that we do have. And using the mental illness thing is just another version of that. And it's always... It's always like that, and it, it they don't even like it doesn't even have to go to the point of saying like oh are you on your period which is a thing that happens all the fucking time and is ridiculous and if you don't have a vagina don't talk to anybody about their period ever unless right? it's like your partner well, and you have exactly. permission to do that because if my if I'm angry and if my boyfriend was like oh are you on your period I'll lose my mind 
Like exactly. nobody would do that. I mean, people would do that, but nobody should do that. But I mean, we saw it after the uh, Democratic, you know, uh, c- candidates debates. Articles immediately while they're still on the TV is Kamala Harris being too aggressive. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is looking someone in their eyes and calling them on their bullshit too aggressive for you? Because I seem to remember every fucking buddy on Fox News doing it for my entire fucking life and being fine. Mm-hmm. Or, or how about uh, the women's national soccer team? How many articles, how many clickbait things have you seen saying, oh, they should be more humble? Um, they're out of control with how they're trying to be so cool. Um, no, why should they be humble? They worked their asses off to even qualify for this team. Never mind that they've won, what is it now, four championships in yeah, a row? Incredible. And the men's team hasn't won a fucking championship since 19. 19- 30. That's <laughs> almost a hundred years ago because we're in 2019. In 11 years, it'll be 2030. And assuming they don't win a championship between now and then, because why start now? It'll be a hundred <laughs> years, right? But guess, I will bet you $8 trillion <laughs> who gets paid fucking more. Right? Oh, no shit, right? Now, the, the, the double standards are fucking sickening. Because for me, like, at the end of the day, we're all people. So it's like, what in the fuck? Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when when I was in high school, I was super stupid. And then as I got older and with experiences and everything, and especially once I got married. I mean, my my wife and I, we've been married for going on 14 years but we've pretty much been together for like 18 years. And so I feel like I've learned a lot in there in terms of, especially in the differences between men and women. Like the, there are certain things with the double standard in there that are absolute stupid bullshit. But then there's other things where, I mean, guys definitely there, our minds work fucking differently because like I'll spend two or three hours with like one of my guy friends and then afterwards, my wife will ask me all these questions about my guy friend, about his life, about his family, and almost every <laughs> single thing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, well, well, well how's his wife? How's his kids? I'm like, I don't know. And that's what she's like. What do you guys talk about? And I'm like, apparently nothing. Yeah. If you were to ask, if, if I spent three hours with Melissa and we were talking or whatever, and then like if, if, if Joe, you asked me, oh, what did you Melissa talk about? Oh my God. Well, her boyfriend got a new job and then Melissa got a puppy. And like I could tell you a thousand things about right? Melissa because, because <laughs> Melissa's that, parents are going on vacation next week. <laughs> there you go. See, all these things I can tell you about her. It, I mean, it is true. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to deny that men and women often think differently. I think you, you could make the argument that you know, to a degree, our brains could be wired differently. Uh, But I also think that a lot of it has to do with the way that boys and girls are raised. You know, you still, you still will see the old tropes of like, you know, boys don't man up, son, don't cry. Right. Uh, Don't, don't be a pussy. Don't be a sissy. 
Um, and then girls are taught what? Like, be nice. Don't be angry. Smile. Right? Like, those are the things that we're taught. And so when we become adults, after, you know, hearing years and years of being told, like, let's say by your father, you know, man up, son, don't be a pussy, don't cry. Imagine as a human being with emotions, you want to cry about something. I can only imagine the first thing that runs through your head is like, don't you fucking cry. Don't be a pussy. Don't be because that's what you've been taught like your whole life. And it's the same thing with women. Like, this is why, like, when when women get harassed, when women are uh, sexually harassed or bothered by men, the first thing we'll do is we'll laugh because we're nervous and we're scared. And what what kicks in? Just be nice. Just be just smile. And be nice. And you know, okay, bye. And like, get out of the situation because that's our like escape method, right? But even then, how many times have we seen that? That doesn't work either because there are men who will do whatever they want because that's what they've been taught also from a young age. Oh, my God. How about that article you shared on Facebook the other day where a woman politely (laughs) said no thank you and a guy hit her so hard she couldn't even see. I mean, like the pictures were just. So, yeah. I don't know. See. I, I, I'm super thankful that I didn't grow up with a dad like that. I don't recall my dad ever mm-hmm. saying man up or, or my, my, either of my folks ever saying anything about stuffing my emotions or anything. If anything, I feel like I'm a super emotional person. Um, it, it times to the point where it'll annoy the shit out of me. Like if I'm in an intense argument, like I'm probably going to cry and then I'm going to get upset oh, that my eyes are that. tearing up in the middle of an <laughs> argument. Like it's happened more than once and it, it's super embarrassing, but it's like, that's just the way I've always been. And I even notice it in my kids. Like they're, they're emotional too. And I'm like, Oh, for sure. They get that from me. But, um, but man, I, there are some guys that are like that, that man, they got raised that way and it, it fucks with them. I mean, it's totally a product of, of where you came from. But, um, I, I also grew up with a younger sister. And so I feel like the one thing that was super drilled into my head over and over again is men don't hit women. And, you know, to which my younger sister exploited the hell out of, when we were younger, but what was funny too, is the first time a dude ever punched me in the face, I laughed in his face and I was like, my sister, it's harder. <laughs> but Jamie was also like starting volleyball, like right up front. Like she holds like at one time she held the NCAA record for the most amount of kills in a season. You know, like, oh, wow. oh, yeah, she's got guns. <laughs> That's not someone you want punching you in the face. No, no you don't. Um, <laughs> Jamie was almost as tall pretty... as me too. <laughs> Uh, this is a pretty like calm story, but it is just an example of this. Um, so several years ago I was out and this is how long ago this was because I do not party in Wrigleyville anymore. (laughs) Um, but I was like out in Wrigleyville at one of the like, you know, like super bro-y bars. And, um, I was, I was chit-chatting with a guy while my friends were getting drinks. And then, you know, we were just out of proximity and like, I'd been drinking, we were just shooting the shit. My friend comes up to me and says, 
hey, we got shots. Come take them with us. And so I'm like, okay, for sure. And I just like walk away from the guy because I was only talking to him because we were standing right next to each other. So I walk away from him and I go up to my friends and we take the shots and then we're just standing there. We're chit-chatting. He comes up and is just like awkward standing on like the outskirts of my friend group. And like one of the guys that was with us like looked over at him and was like, can I help you with something? And he was like, yeah, I was talking to her. And my guy friend just says, oh, well, like, I guess you're not anymore. Like, oh, well, because like we're all out of the bar. This dude like fully whips his drink into my face and backsplashes on like all of my friends. Like, I have never, this was some like lifetime movie, like drama drink throwing. And like, I was so shocked. Like, I couldn't even say anything. But yeah, I, uh, I didn't even say anything to this guy. Like, my friend made, like, a joke about how I wasn't talking to him anymore, which, like, wasn't even really, like, mean. It was just, like, an actual fact because I was in the middle of a conversation with somebody else. And, yeah, he threw a drink directly into my face. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's somebody whose ego is completely out of control. It's this attitude of, like, that, you know, uh, women owe them something that our mere existence is for their entertainment and for their pleasure. You know, these are the same guys that will tell women on the street, random women, you should smile more. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Who the fuck asked you anything about anything? If I want to smile, I'll fucking smile. And if I don't, I won't. Like, I just would like to walk down the street unharassed living my life. Right. Or, or the guy who, Last week on the subway, tried to talk to me while I had my giant Sony headphones on that I purposely wear so that nobody will talk to me because I don't want to be bothered. And he's trying to talk to me. And I I look up because he starts waving his hand like in front of my face as I'm looking down. I'm looking down no at my phone. No way. And he's like, he starts waving his hand. So I'm like, whoa. And I look up and he's talking. So I just gave him like the deaf eyes and I tapped my, my, my headphones like, I can't hear you, dude. And I just walked away from him. He then proceeded to not only continue to talk at me, but to get on the train with me to, con- to stand over me Ugh. and talk to me, at me. And so now, now I'm getting nervous, right? Because I'm like, all right. Uh, I'm on a train, I'm underground, uh, my options of escape are limited. So if this guy gets really out of control, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? I have to be prepared for whatever. So I leave my headphones on, but I turn off what I'm listening to just so I can hear what he's saying. Because I'm like, if if he's like spouting something like, you know, I'm going to fucking stab you or whatever. Okay. Like I know what I need to do or whatever, but he's just going on and on about how, um, he, I mean, stuff about like how much he loves my body and he likes women who look like my, my body shape, but he wants to have kids and how come I won't have kids with him. <sighs> I mean, the, the, what? this is, this is what I don't even know who this person is. So I'm like, all right, he's not saying anything like, threatening he's just bugging me but i'm gonna leave my headphones on but i'm just you know whatever so then finally we're coming close to my stop where i live and i'm and he's still on the train and i'm like 
oh my god now like, i have to ride the fucking train an extra step <laughs> I, well here's the thing like i i was like i don't know where he's getting off but i'm not getting off before him because it Hell I, no. I, I will ride that train to the end of the fucking line Be, even i don't live there because i'm like i don't want you to know what stop i live at so then he finally gets off like maybe two stops before me and i was just like oh my god this is the kind of harassment that women are subjected to for some of us on a daily basis. And it's like, is there any re is there any, is it any wonder that when I come home at the end of the day, I'm so fucking angry. I'm so angry because the whole day I've had to deal with assholes the whole day. And it's like, I, I don't, men don't get, that like joe when was the last time a woman followed you home talking about how much she loved your body and wanted to have kids with you if yeah you that generally today, doesn't happen to guys you, um, but, but like <laughs> no you you're bringing up a super valid point like just the other day after work i went out and i did a short hike and it goes through this it's it's only about a mile long but it goes through real dense woods and it's got all these hills and twists and turns and shit and i was all by myself and the whole time I had both earbuds in with music blasted. And as I was hiking, I was super er, cognizant of the fact that if Lindsay were out there by herself, that is not how she would be hiking at all. And so I have that sort of privilege. The fact that not only am I a guy, I'm a big guy to where it's like, really, who's going to, who's going to fuck with me out in the woods. I mean, sure it could happen, but if I were a female, there's no fucking chance in hell I would be, hiking in the middle of the woods with beats on or something like that to where it's like i'm not hearing shit around me you know and i don't know i i I think a lot more people need to be aware of that fact that that there is a big difference in the experience in the world between a guy and a girl yeah it's it's so there are certain things that i i wish i could do and I'm not saying, like, I'm stuck in my house 24-7, but, like, I would like to just go to the gym just once and not have a man talk to me. Just just once. I, I would really like that to happen. But it has yet to happen. So, and, and it's not just, like, and I, I don't mean, like, hey, you're good job. or that, That's fine. That's, that's encouragement from people at the gym. But, like, you know, hey, what are you listening to? You're really cute. Uh, can I get your number? Like, that, I would just like to go to the gym once and not be bothered by a, a dude. And I don't know why I can't. <laughs> I really don't. And it's not like it only happens to me. There's, it happens to the majority of women. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, if it's some sort of thing to where... I don't know. This is going to get a little bit weird, but okay. So let's, let's lean back and say that. Yeah, we're going to just say Darwinism is totally true. We did come from, you know, we evolved from animals. So that means that there's definitely still animal instincts in your head. And so that means in a way dudes who are way too stupid with, with hitting on the females around them. It's like, guys, would you try and be a little bit more evolved from that. Like one of the, the phenomena that I do not understand is the random unsolicited dick pic. It's like, wh- See, what are you doing? The thing about it is like, I don't, 
I feel like we are taking some of the blame off of these people when we say that we're doing this because they're unintelligent and they are and that's fine and they're too stubborn and stupid to change their behavior. But the problem isn't that men are stupid. The problem is that they believe that they can get away with this and it doesn't matter that they are not smart enough to like logically think through their behavior like hey would I like it if somebody treated me this way it's just that they truly do not believe that it is their responsibility to do any of that work because these are men who believe that all of the emotional responsibility for everyone on the earth relies on women like they and this is gonna like I could go into like you know, a whole other tangent, but like this stuff springs from the fact that men aren't socialized as children to share their feelings with other little boys. And so they only connect to women and men think that they only need to have emotional connections with women to fuck them. And so therefore, if a man gives you any amount of attention, you obviously owe them sex because they have made some connection with you. Mm -hmm. And it's not stupidity. It's just how they're being raised in the things that they're seeing on like TV and movies that tells them, yeah, all of this behavior is cool and fine. And you are owed someone's attention. That's a you know really good was... point. Sorry, Joe. No, I was going to say that that's a really good point because I mean, fuck, I, I've seen some horrific behavior from dudes where, you know, I, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised in a, in a way where it was very much, you know, if your feelings are okay. And like, I remember this time that I was on this elevator and it was in the university of Iowa. It was in one of the dorm rooms and I was with my buddy, Matt, and we got on, we were going up and, and there was one girl in the elevator and then like four dudes piled on. And so it was six guys in the elevator and then just her. And she was doing the best she could to just disappear into the corner and not even Ugh. be there. Oh, all God. four of these like super jockey bro dudes were all hitting on her at once. Oh God. And me and Matt were just sitting there. And oh. then after they all got off and it was just me and Matt in the elevator, he was like, could you fucking believe that? I was like, dude, she looked so uncomfortable. I almost wanted to say something, but at the same time I didn't. Should have. But that, yeah. Cause but I want I, university I, of Iowa football players beating my fucking no. face in because I just challenged their ego in front of a hot chick. Well, not, no, I don't mean like I don't mean like say something like to them, but oh. like in that instance, <laughs> I was like, I'm not that brave, I don't mean Melissa. Like, I'm like, sorry. No, no, no. I don't mean that. But like in that situation, like you could also like interact with her in some way, or like move closer to her, or like make eye contact. You know, just like some. It doesn't have to be like aggressive, but just like some type of. Uh, like behavior that signals like hey i'm witnessing what is happening and like i'm not cool with it either so like if it comes to it maybe something will happen yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, well first sure, you know and this was also like 19 or 20 year old joe whereas you know now 38 year old joe would have definitely i'd been like hey fuck it i'm saying something <laughs> right right no and and it's like yeah joe like and 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 no one's gonna like you know say to you now oh at 19 you should have you know you should have challenged those four guys to a duel in the hallway no but like what what melissa is saying is a huge important thing because for some reason there are a lot of men out there who think that Oh, so 
oh, you want me to fight your battles for you or what? Because you want to be independent, so blah, blah, blah. No, I don't. I'm not asking you to fight my battles for me. I'm not asking you to be some white knight who comes in and rescues me from the tower. That that doesn't exist. Uh, and maybe it's never existed. I, I can fight my own battles, but you can be my ally. You can be my wingman. So, like, when if you're a guy and you see bad behavior like that, no one's saying to get in the guy's face and be like, I'm going to punch you right in the face. No, no, no. But, like, what Melissa was saying, you know, you can make yourself an ally. Like, get, if you can even, like, Position your body in such a way that you're kind of almost in between and be like, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Ah, it's great to catch up with you. Oh, are we still on for coffee tonight? Because, you know, I want to talk to you about that science project or like whatever, because if for some reason that seems to signal to other dudes of like, oh, woman is taken, man, can I can't have her, you know, so it's becoming an ally can be as simple as that. Like, that's all you need to do. And if it's a one-on-one -on -one situation, if you're with your dude bro and he does something like that, call him out on it. Dude, that's not cool. What is wrong with you? Don't talk to her like, like that. There are ways to do it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be physical, punching people in the face of like, you better respect women or I'll beat the crap out of you. But it, it, there are ways to be allies. And, and that's just, that's what we want men to be is our ally and, and instead of our enemy, right? Because uh, what, what's this, the, the quote from the, the, uh, the woman who wrote um, Handmaid's Tale? Men are afraid women will reject them and women are afraid that men will kill them because it's a goddamn fact. It is a goddamn fact that women are killed by their partners every day by the men that they're the most intimate with. So yeah, we need more allies because... There's men out there killing us in droves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the world's a fucked up place. And and that quote is goddamn true. Because, I mean, the things that dudes have to worry about, you know, where women are concerned and the things that women have to worry about where guys are concerned are too extremely... I mean, it's not even the same ballpark. No, it's not. And it's... Yeah. And... Like, I just want to say also that, like, I realize that men can be and frequently are victims of abuse and victims of sexual harassment. And I, I'm obviously very sympathetic to that and empathetic to it because that's something that I experienced in my life. And I'm not trying to um, downplay that. And I will just say that a man being sexually harassed in a bar is typically not in danger of being murdered. And I'm not... I'm not saying that that's not still, uh, I'm not saying that sexual harassment of someone that you're not going to murder is an okay thing to do. It is absolutely not, but, um, it's not on the same level. And I feel like that is something that like the abuse and the harassment of women, I think sometimes gets, uh, discounted or just like thrown to the side by people saying like, Oh, well it happens to men too. It just happens to everybody. It's life. It's whatever. Da, da, da. But it's like men don't get killed for it. Yeah. And yeah. also it's like, yeah, consider if it's a guy getting sexually harassed by a woman, I mean, uh, that, that's definitely a gray area. But if it's, you know, the, the thing that's fucked up is that guys will fuck with other guys. And, you know, it's even like like you ask any random dude, what are you so afraid of going to prison for? They're going to say getting raped. And so it's like in that moment, it's like, yeah, yeah. now you just 
in that one specific isolated little moment, you're experiencing a little bit of what the average female feels like if doing fuck name an activity. It's something you got to like, like what I was saying earlier with me going hiking with headphones on. You know, it's not really something I have to worry about. It's definitely something that a, that a female would have to worry about being alone in the woods and stuff. And man, it's, I don't know. I think conversations like this and in a lot of stuff we're seeing online, it is making some headway. Do, do you ladies feel like, like the message is getting out more? Do you feel like there's any winds of change or, or, or what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's hard, I think to judge substantial change and it's hard for me to feel comforted and like obviously things are changing and there is awareness to this and you can tell that just by the increase of like articles we're seeing but the contents of the news is still women you know killed after rejecting someone or women killed by husband after you know he finds out she was planning to leave her or uh you know woman is murdered by ex-boyfriend after judge fails to issue a restraining order countless stories like that and so it's disheartening when the stories are still um like failures of our justice system so yeah the the visibility and the coverage and how um, like you can't, you can't look at the news without seeing something like this. Um, But I would say the change won't come until the articles are appropriate prison sentences for every single person who perpetrates Mm -hmm. one of these crimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, yeah, absolutely. Melissa, I think what you're talking about too is something that, is a big part of like rape culture in not just this country, but in the whole world. And obviously like, I, I, I don't live in other countries. I, I only live here in the States. So I can only talk about what I know as far as like my exposure to American culture. But there is a huge problem with rape culture in this country of, you know, w- women and, and girls are raped and their perpetrators are given a slap on the wrist, right? I mean, Brock Turner, yeah. Brock mm-hmm. fucking Turner, who raped an, an unconscious girl behind a dumpster, left her there, and the judge said, well, he comes from a good family, and I don't want to ruin his life for just one mistake. He's got a very promising swim career in front of him, so I'm just going to give him a light sentence. Fuck you, you fucking douche canoe face motherfucking cunt. What the hell is wrong with this country where you can rape an unconscious girl, but because your career, your swimming career is more important than her life? What is wrong? This is how much this country hates women. This is how much. This country hates us because these are the things that are allowed. And you see the headlines, right? Talking about how this guy, um, Epstein, who's now uh, being investigated for child, uh, for, for, for pedophilia. And they're saying that he had sex with underage women. No, motherfucker. He raped children. Underage yeah. women or, are children yeah. and they cannot consent to anything. You, or saying, what, like, underage prostitutes. Like, I'm sorry. 
Children are not sex workers in exactly. any capacity. Exactly. Even uh, if you underage, have sex with them. Uh, underage prostitutes are not prostitutes. They are not sex workers. They are children who are sex slaves. That's what they are. It Don't ca call a... Listen, there's an expression in Spanish that says, vamos a llamar pan, pan y vino, vino. And it means, literally it means we're going to call bread, bread, and wine, wine. So call <laughs> a thing what it is, right? If it's bread, then call it bread. If it's a child, it's not a sex worker. They are a sex slave because they are underage. So don't, don't, don't call it what it's not. Exactly. And, the, and that's a huge problem with the media is to come up with like a, oh, let's find a way to, to, to let's take the sharp corners off of this. Let, let's say it was a, an underage sex worker. And it's like, no, that's, that's a child prostitute. Well, why wouldn't, I mean, you gotta, you gotta call it what it is. You gotta call bread, bread and wine, wine. And for them to, exactly. to soften those edges, they're doing nothing to help the situation. And well, it's because it, they don't want pushback from the literal administration governing this country. That's why they're not calling it rape and child rape and pedophilia. That's why those words aren't in our headlines, because the editors and the CEOs of these news organizations don't want pushback from the Trump administration. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, if there's so any administration that needs pushed against, it's that fuck. Oh, my God. But the, the oh, failures oh. in the judicial system are just disgusting, too. I mean, that that judge saying, oh, he has a promising swim career. It's like, number one. Brett what the Kavanaugh is a fucking oh, yeah. Supreme Court oh, justice. Okay. It, oh, yeah. okay. Let's country. bounce over to that just real quick here. That guy, like, the I way he acted. I will not be by any change until he is nowhere yeah. near oh. The judicial system. The way and that that guy acted in front of Congress, freaking out, crying, screaming, doing all this crazy shit, had a woman done half of that stuff, I mean, it would not have flown. Had a woman done a, had a woman broken down just for a moment in testimony, it would be held against her. And that guy acted like a fucking buffoon. He had a temper tantrum at a job interview. Oh my, he it was had, disgusting. That's what he had. And he still got the fucking job. And where's Dr. Ford? She had to go into fucking hiding. Her family has been moved twice because she came forward and told her truth and told her story, told what happened to her. And she, what she said about what she remembers is the laughter. What she, when she said that, Joe, when she said that, it I felt like a knife went through my heart because I could feel her pain. Oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's okay. I mean, this is, this is real could, shit. And that is fucking disgusting that if a woman would be given yeah. testimony on something like that and she's hearing people laughing, it's like, first of all, any motherfucker, any motherfucker in the room that's laughing, like, well, oh, no, they, she, or she, she, she remembers she, Brett Kavanaugh laughing as he oh. held her down. And covered her mouth. Jesus, and, that's even fucking worse. And assaulted worse. her. That's what she remembers the most. That he laughed at her. He fucking laughed when he violated her body. That's how much this country hates women. They will laugh as they're raping you. Because it's a fucking joke to them. I'm a fucking joke to them. It's... It's so hard to answer the question about, like, do you see change? Because you can only speak to your own experience, right? Like, about the world that you live in. 
And then, you know, maybe in your own little corner of the world, you say, hey, I kind of feel like things are getting better. And then, you know, you hear about things that happen on the national scale like this, because now Brett Kavanaugh can make choices. He can make decisions and rulings on how I use my productive rights, my 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 reproductive rights. And he thinks that raping women is a joke. He doesn't represent me. He doesn't represent my choices to have a child or not, or to have an abortion or not, or to have birth control or not. Like, it's so goddamn frustrating. Because, And I've said this before. If they tried to make laws in this country on how men could use their... If they made laws, Joe, that men could only ejaculate if they were having sex with their partner for the purpose of creating a child... Men would be fucking rioting in the streets. They would be setting cars on fire. They would be, they would have pitchforks and they would be storming the Capitol. Oh, hell no. We're not going to deal with this because who, who's ever done that? There's never been any laws placed on men and their reproductive rights. None, but there's plenty on my body. Yeah, and I don't understand that either. It's something that I've never understood. I I've always been pro-choice, and and it's it's not that I like the idea of abortions. It's not that that I hear oh another dead baby that brings a smile to my face. No, I in in it's not something that like the thought of of someone using abortion as a form of birth control is horrifying to me. But the more horrifying thing to me is making something illegal that you cannot. Phys- you can't actually stop people from doing it. All you're doing is removing safe methods for women to go out and get an abortion. Like, have these fucking people never seen Dirty Dancing? Like, like that shit well, stuck out to me it, in my head when I was a little abortion, kid. Abortion would not need to be used as a form of birth control if there was any form of birth control that was as blatantly advertised as abortion. The fact that it is so contentious, the fact that it is the main platform to which we judge every single presidential candidate, for which we judge every single state governor, for which we ask every single person who's running for Senate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is what people are exposed to. And when women and girls find themselves in a situation where they don't know what to do and they cannot have a baby, that's what they have to turn to because that's what they've heard of. Because people are not teaching them that there are ways to prevent this other than after the fact and like don't come for me talking to me about sex ed in your schools and what fucking have you because they don't teach you how to get a birth control prescription they don't teach you how it's emotionally manipulated for a man to tell you i don't like condoms they don't feel good like no you don't learn that shit in school and especially people from um, you know, underserviced communities, people without resources, people in the real true South, people in the Bible Belt, like these are not things that are available. And it's the problem is education. The problem isn't uh, dirty little sluts who don't want to take birth control and think they can have five abortions. No, it's because they don't know that they have other options and they are emotionally coerced into sex. And they are also the sole bearer of all the responsibility to prevent pregnancy and they have no resources. Exactly. That, that's very true. 100%. I mean, um, places where they preach abstinence only and they don't tell them the other options. I mean, that's borderline criminal. What, what they're doing in Georgia right now is, in my mind, absolutely fucking criminal. Absolutely. The fact that a woman, that, that an underage child could be raped or that a child could be raped, forced to carry that baby and then also forced to give the guy visitation rights and shit. Oh, my God. It's, oh it's my God. fucking it's. <laughs> 
it's inconceivable. The, the, I would the, fucking the, kill the, somebody before right? they saw my baby in that yeah. scenario. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I would help you, Melissa. No, I, I, <laughs> your alibi. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I think it's And, like, yes, I realize disgusting. that I would go to prison and that would be a problem. But, like, my child would be in probably worse foster care system that we have than with visitations from a rapist. Because how is that person going to fucking raise a kid? What type of morals are they going to instill into my child? No, I will kill them. No, this is the thing, right? So I think it's I think if you are of if you're of the mindset of like abstinence is like the only way to go, I don't think you've ever met a thirteen year old girl I, or I, boy or girl or boy. We're I, fucking I, I, curious I, out here. We're watching tons of TV. We have the internet. <laughs> Listen. I think back to when I was 13, right? Uh, I was born in the late 70s. So at 13, I was, it was like, um, it was 1990, right? I remember it like it was yesterday, 1990, right? <laughs> and and yeah, was 13-year-old Rebecca curious about her body? Of course she was. But was every 13-year-old since the beginning of time been curious about their body? Of course they are, right? Weird shit going on. You're going through puberty, right? You're getting you're getting hair down there, son, right? And and then especially like uh, when the hormones really start pumping, right? You're having erotic dreams. You know, if you're a boy, you're waking up with a boner. I mean, there's stuff happening, right? Um, So what what teenager? Or preteen is not going to explore their body. They're all going to do it. They all have done it. They all will continue to do it, right? So now, now you're at the age, right, where you are just you are having fun twelve hours a day, right? And then here comes <laughs> here comes a, a, a cute girl or a cute guy, um, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, something's happening in my happy place. Um, I'd like to do happy things with that person. Okay. Now then you're getting from the school or from wherever. Oh, abstinence, because that's the best way to not have a kid. You will Uh, get pregnant and die. Exactly. You will get pregnant and die. If you hold a boy's hand, you will get pregnant. They used to tell girls that. Uh, I hope they stop doing that. But there were people that used to tell girls, if you if you kiss a boy, you'll get pregnant. If you hold hands, <laughs> it, oh yeah, they used to. But that's the thing, right? It's sex shaming. Yeah. Like don't don't you dare enjoy it, you dirty slut. Like how dare you enjoy sex, which is literally you have so many and en- you have so many nerve endings in that part of your body. It you're supposed to enjoy sex, right? So preaching abstinence can only go so far. People are going to have sex. They are going to do it. And, and if you don't make available to both men and women, the options for birth control, then you're going to continue to have a lot of kids. You will. But studies have shown that when you make birth control available, both condoms and the pill, suddenly teenage pregnancy goes down, high school dropout rate goes down, kids are, because they're going to have sex. They're going to do it. So at least give them the tools so they can protect themselves. 
you know what part like, of it I think is is that I think that people are too fucking uptight and they think, oh my god, if we make birth control available to teenagers, they're gonna be fucking. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're already they're fucking. They're, they're already <laughs> doing it exactly, and that's what they. It's like they can't wrap their mind around the fact that that, that they're already fucking. So essentially, they're burying their head in the sand. And then it's like, yeah, teen pregnancy rights. You got to make, educate them on birth control, give them the birth control. And it's like they're wringing their hands and desperately clinging to their Bible and saying, we can't do this. And it's like, look, the Bible says what it's going to fucking say. If you believe it, fucking good for you. But whether or not you believe it, people are going to be people and teenagers are going to fuck each other. Your beliefs in the Bible have no fucking bearing on what I do. Believe whatever the fuck you want i will Amen. work it out with god myself there you don't go. worry about me i'm but good it's, it's true right what whatever your or mine or joe's or anybody's personal relationship with their personal creator is whether they have one or not that's their business right so whatever you whatever you believe or don't believe then that's fine right that's that's totally fine. The problem is you get people in office, in power, who are clinging to these beliefs and feel like, oh, well, this is what I believe. Therefore, everybody should do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, no, that's number one. And and number two, uh, what, what you were saying before, Melissa, about uh, women and girls being emotionally pressured into sex – Oh my God! It, I mean, it, it happens all the time. How many times, right? Has have guys? Oh, it doesn't feel as good with the condom on. Just, just one time. I promise, I'll pull out. Just the tip, right? I mean, all of those bullshit lies. How about just the nothing? Just yeah. The tip. How about how about, how about go fuck yourself? Nothing? Yeah. How about you go in the corner and you and your right hand can have a good time. And I'll be over here with my right hand having a good time. But we're not going to have a good time together if you don't slap a condom <laughs> on. That's, that's what's going to happen. Because it's like... <sighs> but then and, right there, and, it goes oh. back to what, what I think uh, was that... I think Melissa was saying it earlier, is that it's then the, a woman getting emotionally manipulated into it. Like, oh, yeah. But then it puts all the... It puts it all on her. Because it's like, if she gets pregnant... There's plenty of guys out there that aren't paying fucking child support and stuff for kids that they have. And, oh, man, I think you you guys are absolutely right, is that it really does come down to education. And and also we need to, number one, this is just a personal belief of mine. People who are in office, quit fucking making laws based on, on religion. Stop. Get the fuck out. How well, okay. is this possible? Okay, here, here's, how, where, how? here's where I piss off all my religious <laughs> listeners. It, it's if fucking good stupid. If being it, religious, they can mind their own fucking business. Yeah. Okay, here, here's my thoughts on it real quick. At one time, religion was really important because we needed to have like a, a moral code that you knew lots of people could follow so that the guy sleeping next to you, you had a pretty good idea he wasn't going to stab you in the middle of the night and take all your shit. Religion Remember is great then. Remember we made this country? Now, right now, religion does some great stuff with helping the poor and, and taking care of them. I'm sure there's lots of parishes out there that are full of great people, but there's also lots of really shitty people that use their religion as a club to beat other people into submission. And when you get somebody well, like that in a, in a powerful office or in a Supreme Court seat, it's fucking dangerous. And, and it's not something that this country needs. It's not the land of the free if you're fucking ruling on religious fucking law. Yeah. 
I'm off my soapbox. Um, and just, I'm, I don't need to, <laughs> I probably don't need to tell anybody this, but like organized religion as a whole has done a lot of fucked up shit to people too. Like, sure, they do a lot of good, but mm, it ain't all sunshine. No, more people have been killed I, over there in God the than Catholic any other fucking church. reason. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is this, right? Allegedly in this country, we have a separation of church and state. Allegedly. But I think that that's, a nice thing that we tell ourselves. And I think certainly to a degree, there is a separation, but I mean, on our money, doesn't it say in God, we trust. And when you say the pledge of allegiance, it's one nation under God. So, I mean, there is a religious aspect to a lot of things that happen in this country. I mean, you go to school and what happens, you know, kids, around the holidays, you know, they all come home, they've drawn pictures of Santa Claus and they've drawn pictures of, uh, and I get that like Christmas especially is really has a very secular holiday aspect to it. Many people celebrate it just for the, for the presents, et cetera. But there is a religious aspect to that holiday. So you've got kids in school who are, you know, coloring pictures of Santa or they come home and they're, you know, oh, look, uh, we made Easter baskets in school. Easter is a holiday celebrated by by many Catholics. So it's like the the separation gets pretty blurry sometimes. The line gets smudged, in my opinion, quite a bit. So when you've got these people in office who are making laws based on their faith, it's just continuing to smudge the line. And the, the thing is, if you live in an area where a lot of people feel the same way as you do, maybe that's not a problem. But if you're on a national board like, you know, the Supreme Court and you're there, well, the Bible says that we have to do blah, blah, blah. Well, that's lovely, but not the whole country follows that. So to to add that to as part of your brief or part of your reasoning why you do something is it's ridiculous it's it's completely inappropriate for a country that's supposed to have a separation and you know what's really funny and ironic about it to me is that if you take any of these people that are like really hardline fundamentalist christian super right wing they're going to say they want america to be this secular Christian state. Well, if you ask them, Hey, what do you think about Sharia law over there in the middle East? They're probably going to tell you it's an abomination and it's terrible. And it's like, Hey, guess what? If you stretch out Christian law, it's, it's really not going to be that far off. It's still fucking secular law. And it's not, I don't know. That's the, the older I get, the more I start to sympathize with my friends that are the angry atheists. (laughs) I really do. It's right. like the, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know, fuck all that. <laughs> like it, like, well, and like they're being governed by something they don't believe in at all. That is insane. And I have a complicated uh, relationship, like with organized religion. Like I have a specific faith. Like this podcast isn't about that, but like I have beef with organized religion too, and I have beef with it craving into like our government i can't imagine if i straight up didn't believe in it at all period the type of rage like i would be angry also (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely it's just yeah it's it's just so 
Like, I, I think it just also comes back to what we're talking about. Like, when we, we talked earlier about, like, equal pay and stuff. Like, if you're going to make things like, you know, Viagra or ED drugs available to men through their insurance, then birth control should be available through insurance. Well, yeah, and who they fucking anyway, because if we have sex, we're all sluts and whores, you know, so. I know, yeah. I'm we confused just... about what you need a boner for. Exactly, right? Because the only person you should be fucking is your wife, and if she can't get pregnant anymore, then what are you fucking her for? Only supposed to do that to have kids, right? <laughs> no. So... <laughs> Catch them in their own logic trap. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. So it's like, that. that's the thing. Like, women have to jump through hoops to get birth control. I mean, in in this country, and this is not a lie, in the United States of America, if you are under 30, if you are a woman under 30, and you go to a doctor, a physician, and say to the doctor, I would like to have my tubes tied. I do not want to have children. Um, whether you, now you can be married or not, or have children or not, but if you are under the age of 30, and I'm talking about over the age of consent. I'm not talking about a 10-year-old. I'm talking about a, a woman, an adult woman, goes to a doctor and says, I want to have my tubes tied. There is not a doctor that will do it. You know what they'll tell you? You should go home and think about that. Um, you should ask your husband. He might want to have more kids. There have been women that have been told that. So it's like, even then, we don't have ownership over our own body. But I'm like, you what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, I, you you can find stories of 23-year-old women in a marriage with three children who have decided that they're done having kids and their right. doctors are still telling them no. Exactly. What if you decide later that you want more kids? I have three fucking kids. I don't need any more kids. I have decided. <laughs> like... I actually got that talk from the doctors and the nurses both when I got my vasectomy and I was 36, I think when I got mine and they still did it, didn't they? They they did, (laughs) but they gave me a lot of shit about it and they made me sign extra stuff. Now they didn't send me home to think about it overnight, but did they make your wife sign shit? No, they did not make her sign. Ah, But but no, they, it, it, it isn't like it was, you know, they, they did, say a lot of stuff to me like are you sure you're still really young what, what, what? and it's like no nah, no nah, these are these are for decoration only now make it happen i will say that like i don't know if the law has changed because i don't work in that particular field of medicine anymore but about maybe 10 ish years ago the law in new york state said that if any man wanted to have a vasectomy, no matter the age, the law said you had to have a consultation with a doctor, obviously, um, but that then you had to sign a consent that, yes, I understand that this procedure is probably not reversible, it's Mm -hmm. probably permanent, and by New York State law, you had to wait 30 days, and that before you could schedule your surgery. Because the idea was that it gave you a month to sleep on it. That if you changed your mind or not, you had 30 days to think about it. 
right? But at the end of the day, if the 30 days passed and you called your doctor and said, okay, you know, it's been 30 days. I feel the same way. I still want to have the vasectomy. The doctor's going to schedule it. Okay, no problem. We'll schedule, you know, the, the, the procedure for you. It's not like that when it comes to women having their tubes tied. They want you to consult with your husband. They... No one's telling men go home and talk to your wife about it. That's right. a really no, good it's point. Not just that's consulting the... with your husband. You have to get your husband to sign consent. For oh, that's that exactly. If, like, if, if like I'm a that's fucked moron up. and I can't sign a paper saying well, this yeah, that's saying a grown woman want. doesn't have agency over her own body, which well, is like it goes... it's like if you've already got the government making fucking laws like that, do we also need the medical fucking system supporting that too? It's like I I understand having a, a, a long conversation with somebody or consultation or whatever, if they're, if they're saying they want to make such a drastic change to their body that is likely irreversible, that makes sense. But to make them fucking go home and have somebody else sign something like they were a kid who did something naughty in school. That's fucking shameful. Well, I mean, women have to get their ex husband's permission to change their last names back. What? What the fuck does that have to all have to do with anything? I would have preferred to fact check that. I don't know if that's everywhere, <laughs> but I know in some places in America that's true. Yeah, that, that should I'm just be said about online. everything said on Startcast. Do yeah. your research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we fact check this? Probably not. But based on the... Um, and I mean listeners, not, the, not guests. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, right? But like based on the climate in this country, I 100% believe you, Melissa. I'm just... I don't doubt you at all. <laughs> I don't either. Fact. Um, but I mean, within within my lifetime, right? And again, I was born in 77. Within my lifetime, women had to get their husband's permission to get a credit card in their name. Women couldn't get a credit card without their husband signing a form that they were okay to have a credit card. Um, marital rape was not recognized as a crime until the 80s. Mm. Um, that's within my lifetime. And, and it's, it's so like upsetting to me that um, a woman could have been raped by her husband and she had nowhere to go to because, well, a husband can't rape his wife. That that was the attitude, and there are I'm sure there are plenty of people who feel the same way today. Well, husbands can't rape their wives because they're married. Well, yeah, I mean you might be married, but it doesn't mean that you own my fucking body. It doesn't mean that if I say no, then that that means that's just you know your that's your cue to hold me down and force me. It, it, what's that about? That's not love. That's not. You know, if you want to go back to like quoting the Bible, you're supposed to cherish your wife, right? You're supposed to you're supposed to treat her like like a fine china. You're supposed to treat her as a delicate vessel. Do you do that to someone that you're supposed to treat as delicate and feminine and and weaker than you? No. So on no level does that make any kind of sense whatsoever. But yeah, within my lifetime, these were things that women had to fight for the right to get and it's just it blows my mind it just it blows my mind yeah well like granted keep in mind i'm getting this info from boondock saints but you know about the rule <laughs> of thumb right 
Oh yeah, that um, you could only yeah that that expression. I think that's a real thing. That expression supposedly comes from an old timey law in England that you could only beat your wife with a stick the width of your thumb. That, because you know that's loving, I guess. I don't know. You know, I I read and listen to lots of stuff that have to do with like ancient cultures and stuff like that. And at one time, like the the female was like a sacred thing. There was like a sacred female. And, and I don't know what happened that, that caused that shift that, that then all of a sudden it's, it's women are second class citizens. I don't know. It's, it's definitely fucking disturbing. And y'all bitches got a taste for power. Now you can't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know something? I, I will tell you something that I have, the older I get, the more firmly I believe it is that there are many men. Yes, I know. Not all men. Don't at me, you MRAs. I get it. Not all men. But there are a lot of men out there that are terrified of the vagina. And I'm not being, I'm not joking. I'm being serious. There is a lot of power within our bodies as women. We have the power of creation. Yeah, because you make all the people. I, yeah, I am a person who makes people. I can make a person. You can't make a person, Joe. I, you, you can make lots of things, I'm sure, but you can't make a person. No, nope, right? I can just supply half the batter. There you go. And I will tell you and this. And, like, technically, we can make a person with our bone marrow. So, like, this is true. We're about the, to just cancel you all completely. The day that they perfect <laughs> cloning, all men are canceled. Because I don't fucking <laughs> need you anymore. The day that they can say, oh, we can just take this sample from you as a woman and we can create. Oh, for real? Fuck I, off, I, I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know you guys are gonna rethink that the first time there's a big scary bug in the bathroom I will kill my own I open my own pickle jars and what I, I lift oh yeah I open my own pickle jars here's the key lady. I've never felt more useless uh well I'm gonna give all your lady listeners a tip when you get yourself a brand new pickle jar or any jar really that's sealed get yourself a spoon and put the spoon between the lid and the glass rim. <laughs> Find that little lip, pop it open until you hear the lid pop, and unscrew that cap, easiest pie. You do not need men, women. You do not need them to open your jars. We're opening our own jars. We're killing our own bugs. We're, we're, we're doing it, right? We are doing it. Y'all got the dick, which is nice. But if it's not <laughs> necessary anymore, yeah, I can live without it. You're like MacGyver, Rebecca. I am like fucking MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> they do make them in plastic. Oh, oh, Joe. Telling you, I, I really thought so that close. one was going to slip under the radar. Oh no, 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 not, not if I'm on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this close to being canceled. This close. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Well, Rebecca knows that I'm always the first in line to laugh at her sexual jokes, even Joe if it makes other dudes at, uncomfortable. Joe always laughs at my sex oh, joke, and I love you for that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so jo- Melissa, jo- Joe and I are in this other group chat with two other guys um, for, for a podcast that we do, and sometimes I'll drop like a sex joke, and it's like crickets. Because I know, like, like, oh, okay, oh, oh, I don't know. And then here comes Joe with a like, oh my god, that's hilarious, Rebecca. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, 
Joe's always laughing at my sex joke. Thank you, Joe. Well, it's funny because I, it's like you talked to. Sorry, sorry, but I'll be quick. You, no, go ahead. Like you know, what's what's the the stereotypical guy making jokes about sex and stuff all the time? But the minute a woman does it, it's like you can't handle it. It's like no, it's fucking funny. Laugh at it. Yeah. Well, yeah, every boy can make vagina jokes, but I have one and I can't make these jokes. Like, who? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the one who has the good joke material because I'm the one dealing with this shit. Like, it ain't all rainbows and butterflies down here. No, it's not. And, you know, it's it's one of those things of, like, you know, co- there, there are comedians like Ali Wong and Amy Schumer who, like, like all comedy, it's very subjective, right? Sometimes you like comics, sometimes you don't. Um, but these are two women in particular that I can think of that when they get on stage and do their sets, they're often talking about like their bodies and they're talking about, did you, I don't know if either of you saw um, Amy Schumer's latest special on Netflix when she was pregnant and she was talking about her life as a pregnant woman. I haven't seen mm, that. I yet. haven't seen that. Okay. Um, if you haven't had a chance, check it out. And again, I, you know, comedy is very subjective. So, you know, some jokes will land, some won't. That's how it is with comedy. Um, but her special, she was just nominated for an Emmy today for this for, for, for her special. And she goes into very detailed stuff about what's happening to her body. And the same thing with like Ali Wong. Like she's done stand-ups when she's been very pregnant and she talks about like her body and how it works and you know and she makes jokes about it. And you know, and then you'll see like men online who criticize women like that of like, oh, it's so gross. She's talking about her period and she's talking about, you know, oh, she's talking about being pregnant and having to poop a lot or having to do this or having to do that. And it's like <laughs> Bitch, this is how bodies work. Why are we, why are you, why are we feeding into the whole thing of women's bodies are gross? Why are we feeding into periods are gross? They're not gross. They're normal. It's how my body works. Like, to act like, oh, it's so disgusting, it's gross. Well, I'm not gross. I'm not disgusting. My body's functioning the way it's supposed to. Your body functions the way it's supposed to. I could probably name 10 things that's gross about a man's body, but it's how, but it's how your body works. <laughs> right? So why are we, you know, that whole trope of like, Oh, she's got her period. Oh, gross. I don't want to touch her tampons. I might catch having a pussy. Like what? What? It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Don't, don't shy. I don't know. Like I am just sort of not that I walk around telling people hey, I got my period. Want to know about it? No. <laughs> but like it's normal. So I'm not gonna like act like it's something gross because it's not. It's part of my life. It's part of my body. It's part of who I am. So when comedians like get on stage and talk about it, I applaud them for it. And I don't care if it makes men uncomfortable. Deal with it. Fucking deal with it because this is how it works. You get up on stage and make dick jokes for you know 20 minutes. Everybody right. thinks it's the funniest thing in the world so why can't we make vagina jokes why can't we make period jokes like it's fair like let's be fair about it <laughs> it made me think of a really old mr garrison joke from south park where he was saying something like he doesn't trust something that bleeds for a week once a month and doesn't uh, die doesn't die. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably a pig for laughing at that but just being no, that he's it- a gay character and he said that it's so fucking funny to me it's yeah, like, is that his whole no. reasoning 
I mean, South Park, you, I mean, I, I give a pass to a lot of stuff on South Park. All right. I do. <laughs> I, give a, I give a pass personally to a lot of stuff on South Park because I feel like their humor is across the board equal of who they go after. Yeah, because they'll you make fun of I mean? fucking everybody. Exactly. And so I tend to forgive them because they might make a joke about women, but then in the next breath they're making a joke about, you know, men or gay people or um, uh, or people of color. And not that, like, I think racist jokes are funny, but that I think that if you're across the board, just everybody is fair game. You can make fun of everybody. I tend to be a little bit more forgiving with that. See, that's the way that I think it should be. Um, there, there's a part of me that thinks that if you exclude certain people or certain groups of people and saying, no, no, like, like when, when, um, uh, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and then all these stand up uh, or not stand ups, but like talk shows and stuff like reported it. And they're like, we don't need to make a joke about that. And I'm just glad I live in that world. Where I don't need to make a joke about it. It's like, dude, your job is to make jokes about things. Fucking write a joke about it. You, you really think it's so fucking fragile. You can't make a joke about it. It's like, I understand it's one thing to constantly belittle it. And I mean, the, I, I think that there's a gray area there to where I think everything should be fucking fair game. And if you exclude something, well, then you're if, excluding it. And then isn't that worse? Yeah. Well, and if you are, good enough at writing jokes you don't have to reach for the low-hanging fruit and th that is the reason that certain topics become off limits is because people aren't smart enough to make jokes that aren't just straight up offensive uh, that's mm. a very good point that's a great point that's a really great point melissa yeah and so if you're not confident in your joke making abilities stay away from that stuff if you can't come up with the intelligent comedy if you're gonna go for the lowest common denominator joke like yeah probably skip it <laughs> <laughs> i know the caitlin jenner thing when everyone was saying that she was a hero and stuff i was like mm, you need to pick a better hero this was, like, this, this was like the fucking heel from from keeping up with the kardashians and now just because I mean, he gets a fucking sexual reassignment surgery he needs to be she, a hero there you go she, sorry i'm bad with that, that that's a, no that's okay i don't do it on that's purpose how, um no no i, I no know. no yeah. we're all learning um it's so the thing me, about that like, is like she has maybe not um, proven herself to be um, who people expected her to be when this all started. Um, when they gave her woman of the year. Back. I mean, that I actually support. That's fine. Um, but, like, she ended up being a Trump supporter. Da, 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 da. There's, you know, she wasn't the trans ally that I think that the community was wanting. The fact that she is the most visible trans person was an important moment and it was heroic during that time because she was the only person transitioning that was getting that level of attention so it could have gone better that's a good point <laughs> yeah i i think also too there was a whole there was a big scandal that she hit people with her car and i believe and she killed somebody. Was, yeah i believe she she, she did, did right I, I i wasn't sure if i if that was true but so i mean Again, nobody is perfect, but you, you make an excellent point, Melissa, how she was very visible. She was the most visible trans person who was making that 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 transition. And so there was she was under a microscope. She was under a lot of scrutiny. And yeah, her being a Trump supporter is incredibly disappointing, especially since 
you know, he, he made all these claims that he was going to be this big ally to the LGBTQ community. And then he gets into office and he tweets out how trans people can't serve in the military anymore. And it's like, you said that in a tweet? What is wrong with you? Like, you you made this whole platform how you were going to, you know, defend gay rights and you were going to be this ally for the LGBTQ community. And it's like, you're not. Like, if a, somebody's willing to serve their country, if somebody's willing to fight for their country and you're going to tell them that they can't, uh, why? Like, unless they have some sort of a physical medical condition that, like, if they run more than a half a mile, they're going to collapse or their heart's going to explode. All right, that's a whole other story. But, like, you've got people who are able and willing to do this and you're telling them that they can't? That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't understand that either. And oh God, it's, there's so many tangents I could go off on in the fucking Trump so fucking campaign that I'm you, trying to restrain myself. If you um, are interested in visibility into um, like a, a trans person in the entertainment industry that does a really great ally work and is just a really excellent Twitter follow, or I mean Instagram follow, my apologies, I would really suggest Laverne Cox. She's wonderful. She's the best thing to happen to Instagram. <laughs> What's her name? Laverne Cox? Laverne Cox. Uh, she is the actress that pl- was in um, Orange is the New Black. And oh, she okay. was in the live Rocky Horror Picture Show. She's wonderful. She's really excellent on Instagram. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I'm, I'm actually going to follow her right now. And um, Hunter Schaefer in Euphoria. Okay, I was yes, just going to bring up yes. Euphoria. I, di- I didn't know the actress's name, though. Thank you. Yeah. That show's been blowing my mind. Ugh, yeah. I mean, it's finally to a place where I'm watching it. Uh, the first two episodes, I was very unsure whether I was going to be continuing. Well, yeah, after hearing the things I heard about, because... Rebecca, I heard you talk about it on PCL mm-hmm. and, and then Lindsay watched it and she was like, you, you have to watch this. She's like, I've already watched the first two episodes. She's like, you just gotta get through the first one. And then the story will really pick up. See, I think it's the second one that you have to get through. Yeah, I, just the after watching the first I episode, like, I was like, okay, I, I'm interested. I want to know more about yeah. this. I, yeah, I wanted to know more after the first episode, but after the second episode, I was like, if this show continues down this path, three is going to be the end of mm-hmm. my time watching Euphoria. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca, have you seen all the episodes? No, I actually haven't gone back to it yet. Okay. And it's not, it's not from not wanting to. I, I do want to. But... I, I, if you remember, like after I, I was actually watching the episode when I started texting you yeah. <laughs> and I was like, difficult show to watch. I, I was like, I am really struggling with this first episode. I have a lot of yeah. feelings about it. And, and it's really a show that like, after you watch that first episode, like you're, I think the instinct is I need to talk to somebody about this. Yeah. And, and I, I reached out to you because I know you had seen it already. And, um, like, I actually felt better after we talked about it. Like, okay, I kind of processed my feelings a little bit about what I was watching. And, and I did talk about it on Pop Culture Leftovers, how, like, I watched in that first episode, I, like, curled into a ball twice because I yeah. thought I was about to watch a girl get raped. And I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch this. You know, and, and it didn't happen that way. I think the show is extremely compelling, but it did take me a bit to feel like, okay, I want to dive back into this world. 
because it is very, um, you know, the things that you see, the toxic masculinity, the, uh, the, the way that girls feel this need to like, please boys. It's, it's difficult to watch because, and it's not that the show is promoting it. Like the show right. isn't saying like, Hey guys, this is how you be a real man. No, that's not what the show is saying. The show is showing you this side of, of what boys and men can do. It's not saying though, that it's right. It's not saying like, Oh, this is the way you should be act. If you're a man, I think it's just presenting you with something and it's up to you to process how you feel about it, um, which is fine. I think that that's good TV. I think that that's good filmmaking if it makes you talk about it and question things and 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 have feelings about it. Um, it is hard to watch, though. It is because you see these girls in situations and you're just like, oh, no, don't don't let him do that to you. Or, you know, the whole idea of like slut shaming, right? You see in the first episode, you see these boys watching a Pornhub video and they're all convinced that it's this girl that goes to their school. And, you know, they're like, oh, she's in this Pornhub video. You know that she's a slut and she like gets it from all these guys. And, you know, one of the boys really likes her. Like he, he wants to like have like an actual relationship with her so that when they actually are together at that party, you know, and they sort of start to become intimate. You know, she takes her top off and he takes his shirt off. And and to his credit, he does put a condom on. Good job. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, the first thing he does is he like shoves her onto the bed and he like grabs her throat like and he's like you know, and she's obviously not enjoying it. And she's like, what are you do-? like? She's like, stop. What are you doing? And this is one of the scenes where I was like, oh, my God, he's going to rape this girl. And in his mind, it was like, oh, this is what girls like. Watch it on Pornhub. This is what women want. And it's like, and she even says to him, why, why would you think I want that? And he's like, oh, I just thought that you did. And then, like, later on, we see them, like, in the bed. And they're, like, kind of cuddling together. And they've obviously slept together. But it's much more tender now. Like, he's understood that, like, oh, maybe not all girls want that or maybe I'm just making assumptions or if somebody whatever. wants that, they will use their words and tell you, they will tell Do you not assume exactly <laughs> for every, for every kink out there, for every kink that you have, there's somebody else out there that has it too. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to ask. You, hey, have, to, you, you have to ask for sure. Yeah, and the exactly. answer has to be yes. <laughs> yeah, the answer can't be no. And then in your head you go, "That's a definite maybe." No, that's not how that works. It's a yes or it's a no. So yeah, if you're into something, just ask. Hey, I'm into this. Are you into it too? And and see what they say because there's somebody out there who's also into your kink. I guarantee you. You just have to ask. Have you have you seen the meme that says meatloaf is the ultimate safe word? Because it means you'll do anything for love, but you won't do that. <laughs> That's so funny. That is brilliant. I love that. Uh, that oh my god, that is so I know brilliant. it's really fucking brilliant. The more I think about it, the better it gets. <laughs> meatloaf, meatloaf. <laughs> Oh, you won't do that. Got it. <laughs> uh, kind of jumping back to Euphoria, though, 
watching it, there's about half of my mind, and I think it's the the all the parent part of my psyche that I watch this, and I get really freaked out about what's it going to be like for my kids when, when they start going through this stuff when they get in high school with with fucking smartphones and the ease of sending pictures and shit like that. And and I love the way that Euphoria is really shining a light on all this stuff because some of the criticisms I heard of it at first, people were like, oh, I don't want to watch this show with these stupid millennials that I can't relate to. And it's like, yeah, I can't relate to them Those either. are not millennials. Those <laughs> are Gen Xers. Okay, there you go then. <laughs> But like I am a millennial. I am not that young. <laughs> uh, okay, Gen Xers. There you go. Thank I you didn't for even... coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And, and like I, I knew that this was going to be educational, having you two on and talking about this stuff. <laughs> and, and while we're on the subject, I'm pretty sure that Dan from Heroes of Noise gave me the idea for this episode. I think he said something in a comment online being like, oh, somebody needs to give Melissa and Rebecca a platform. And I'm like, hmm, I have a platform and I know both of these ladies. That's Let's make so this funny. happen. Well, I mean, Dan, Dan had us on his show with him and Steve and we had a blast, the four of us talking. And um, it, 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 it was so funny because I think as Dan proposed, like, oh, we'll talk about Captain Marvel and that was like the last thing that we talked about because we, <laughs> we were like angry feminists ranting for like an hour and a half. And it was like, oh, we should talk about Captain Marvel now. <laughs> I have to do a correction. I have to do a correction. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Go ahead. It's not Gen X that is the generation after millennial. It's a Generation Z. Thank you. Ah, okay. My apologies. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what supposed generation I'm I'm from. I was born in 80, so I guess I'm kind of one of those in-betweeners where it's like I remember growing up in a world with no internet. I remember Saturday morning cartoons and suffering through commercials and, and dial-up internet and all that mm -hmm. shit. But then I guess I was still young enough to when I all mean, this technology stuff came out, I could kind of figure it out. But I'm not a millennial. You could be a millennial because this year internet true. says, see, but the thing is, is like you're mad about millennials because you are thinking about them as a super young generation, but it's really typically born in the early 1980s to the mid 1990s, early 2000s. Yeah. See, I thought that I was called Gen X when I was in high school, though. Generation. Yeah. I don't know. They're well, all labels. What what it's is it with hard. fucking human beings putting fucking labels on everything? I know, and the thing is, is the generation labels are kind of mercurial, and Ooh, uh, I like that word. You know, people don't technically agree on them because it's like not it's arbitrary. It's like nothing. Oh, well, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, uh, have I mean, you seen the stand-up elder millennial? I don't think so. I want to fact check her name. Elder Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, I love her. I remember when she was on Last Comic Standing. Yeah. So it's one of her stand-up specials on Netflix is called Elder Millennial. She is hysterical. And since you may be an elder millennial, <laughs> maybe you should watch that and see if you really connect to it. You can get a feel. You can just feel in your soul what generation you belong to. <laughs> Well, according to um, the internet, which never lies, by the way, um, Generation X is if you were born between 1961 and 1981. Ooh. So I'm there Generation X. 
I'm right there with I'm, you then. I'm Generation X. Yeah, See, this is why I had to on. correct my ranting or Rebecca was going to yell at me for coming no. from her generation. <laughs> no. Because I don't remember either, like, what the generations <laughs> are. <laughs> I don't remember what they are either. <laughs> but, I, yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. What well, labels are we using when today? people say... When people say, like, damn millennials, I know they're not talking about real millennials. I know they're talking about current high schoolers, and that's not what... <laughs> yeah, th- that's Generation Z. And, yeah, it's, it is it is difficult because I think as we get older, like, there's this tendency, you know, to look back. I think, you know, you, you look back on your childhood, and, yeah, everybody had a, you know, everybody had something in their childhood that was terrible or messed up or whatever, some more than others, of course, but, like, you tend to look at stuff, like, through rose-colored glasses, right? You, you, you think about how, like, man, I remember the days, you know, I didn't have internet growing up, and I got along just fine without it, you know? And I can still remember, like, going to the encyclopedia to write, you know, school reports and right. stuff because there was no internet and I remember not having internet until I was like geez I remember being in my senior year of high school which was 1995 and like we had internet at our school and like it was the first time anybody in my class had like ever seen the internet was it America so- Online uh, I'm sure that it was. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> Yahoo was even a, a thing yet. So, yeah, I had I had an AOL. I still have an AOL email address, which I never use anymore. But I still had I saw I, I had an AOL email address. I had a Hotmail account. Remember Hotmail? Oh, I remember. <laughs> I had the most embarrassing fucking America Online uh, handle. I think it was Bad Mofo three five seven at AOL <laughs> <laughs> I made it when I was like a sophomore in high school. (laughs) So stupid. Joe, I fucking dare you to use that uh, as like your professional email. (laughs) For sure, I don't still have access to it. (laughs) I can bring that back to a meme. There's some meme where it's like when you get your friend a uh, job interview and this email he puts on his resume is Booty Eater 6969. (laughs) Jesus Christ. <laughs> How did you Sorry, know my I, email I watch, address? I, I peruse way too many memes. Mostly cats. But but I do get into other ones. Mostly <laughs> I do enjoy I do enjoy I love memes. I really do. Yeah, I adore best. memes. And Except I Except for love... the Area 51 ones, right? You're you're fucking you're you're done with those. I'm kind of <laughs> over the Area 51 memes. I feel like I'm old because I don't get those memes. So <laughs> you don't get the area of, like you, I you, you, missed you... something on the internet. Okay, so supposedly somebody came up with this brilliant idea of let's all storm the gates at Area 51 because they can't stop all of us. Now, number one, that's stupid. You're gonna get shot. Number two, the internet responded beautifully, <laughs> like it can at times, and they made all these fucking memes and gifs and short videos. And my favorite ones are the ones where it's showing the fucking end game battle. <laughs> Oh, and every time yeah. more people are showing up, it's like Kyle's, Karen's, Naruto <laughs> yeah. runners. It's like I don't know what that is, but it's fucking funny. Oh my <laughs> and, god! And why are all these guys called Kyle's? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I I don't I don't get it. It's like, I mean, okay. So when they first start showing up, I would see them and I I would chuckle and be like, oh, this is pretty funny. And then they just kept showing up, <laughs> and like, just like all the people feed, at Area Fifty One are going to. 
my feed is nothing but Area 51 <laughs> memes now. And I'm just like, oh my God, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. But like, I, I tend to get that way with like, um, I tend to get that way with like internet um, sensation stuff. Like memes that'll catch on. Like the first few I think will, will be like really funny. And then after that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm over this. So like every year with the stupid elf on the shelf, Every oh. fucking year, you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. Now here's Wookie on a cookie. Go fuck yourself. I don't Wookie on care. a cookie. It's funny the first time you Joe Vitale, you have your fucking mission. Oh, stop. You know, I swear, Joe Vitale only listens to podcasts I'm on to get stuff I say and turn it into memes to annoy me. He trolls me. 24-7, Joe Vitale trolls me. He loves me. He's I love good him at it, too. He? He's very good at it because every time he does it, he always says, he always prefaces it with saying, now, Rebecca, you do know I love you, right? You do know how much I care about you. I only do this because I love you. I wouldn't do this to you if I didn't think you were a good person or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it Something's comes. happening. I don't know what this is, but it's going to be something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, all those Elf on the Shelf memes are, like, funny the first time you see it. And then after, like, ten consecutive days of nothing but Elf on the Shelf memes, I'm ready to be like the guy from the movie Falling Down. I'm ready to grab a shotgun and just start... <laughs> Just start killing people. I'm joking, everybody. I'm not really going to do that. But, like, it's just it's just too much. So, like, yeah, the Area 51 stuff, I'm really over it. It's, it's everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, God. It won't stop. It won't stop. Dude, Vitaly has photoshopped me into so many things, I've lost count of them. Oh, yeah. Like, I mistakenly put up a picture on Facebook of me in my living room holding up a comic book and giving a thumbs up. Oh, and yeah. he has put so many different things in place of that comic book. I think the last one was me holding up like a picture of a guy in a banana hammock, giving the thumbs up. And it's like, thanks for that, Joe. Oh, my God. It's so yeah, funny, Joe, though. It cracks Joe's me the fuck up. It really does. Yeah, Joe, Joe is good at that. He printed oh, out man. a giant cutout of me and put it in the background yes. of his office. <laughs> what the fuck? Joe, Joe Vitale, I know you're listening to this. You need to come to see 2 e 2 next year. Oh, that's swear amazing. to God, whatever it takes, you need to get your ass to see 2 e 2 because we need to hang out already. Like, seriously. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, the, the memes, I, I do love the memes. I think that they're hilarious. But then, like, when everybody starts doing them, I'm just like, okay, that's that's enough. That's enough of that. And then, But then my whole feed is just nothing but area 51 memes <laughs> yeah no it, it's totally monkey see monkey do oh yeah yeah yeah. like the, i i remember when i was in middle school somebody brought a book to school and it was just a collection of all of dave letterman's uh like top 10 lists oh sure and then all of a sudden english class nobody's writing short stories poems none of that shit everybody's writing top 10 lists and I remember being in middle school and sitting at my desk being like, oh, these lazy motherfuckers writing ten, top ten lists. This is stupid. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, it's true, though. It's absolutely true. I mean, that's why, like, 
I mean, that's why things like catch on so quick on the internet, right? Like one person will do it and then suddenly everybody's doing it. Yeah. So like now what I'm seeing is this face app where like it ages you so you can like see what you look like when you're going to be old. (laughs) So now I'm seeing everybody posting these pictures and I'm like, so now it's like a fight between the face app and the Area 51 memes to see who's going to take over the internet next. Do you it's remember like, when it was the face app that was making all the guys girls and the girls guys? Oh, yeah. What yeah, I fuck? do remember that. There was It was really interesting because, I mean, I know it was like, it was meant to be silly, but like, it actually, some of it was actually a really interesting social experiment because there were guys that did the the gender swap thing and they put it as their profile picture and they all said the same thing that within hours of putting that up, they started getting DMS from rando guys oh, who wow. were now like, you don't know. now, you know, motherfuckers <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. This guy was like, I will never ever complain again about my girlfriends who say that, men continuously harass them online. He really, this, this, this one kid who like did this thing. He's, he, he basically said, I, I always thought like my girlfriends were kind of exaggerating, like, Oh, it can't be that bad. Right. And then it happened to him and he was like, Oh my God, is this really? So he like left it up for like longer than like he would have just to see what would happen. And he said he, he got dick pics. He got rando guys, trying to you know talk to him thinking that he he was a woman and he was in shock he couldn't believe it and i felt like that now that's an interesting that's an interesting social experiment i thought i don't understand dick pics i i I don't i I really don't don't fucking get it i really like you here's my dick uh it's like what would happen if you saw a cute girl saying wendy's and you're like, I'm going to show her my dick. You're going to go to jail. But you don't go to jail when you send it to their fucking phone? It's like, what the fuck? You don't even go to jail when you fucking steal their nudes off their phone and fucking put them on the nope. internet. Don't yeah, go that's to jail some fucked that up either. shit, too. Don't go to jail for that, either. Don't go to jail when you rape them, either, apparently. <laughs> Just to go back to our previous conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, uh-huh. sending, sending dick pics is like... Yeah, I don't... Um, I guess it's meant to impress me. I guess. Like, like, just, this is just another thing. Like, just, if you want to send your dick to someone, like, just ask. You know, maybe they're into it. Maybe not. Yeah. And, like, you should find out before you do it. I always thought it should be made funny. Like, you should have, like, a little Lego King Kong, like, holding onto the tip of it or something. <laughs> right? Hey, that's a better reaction than horror. See, now... <laughs> I mean, if I did not ask you for this King Kong, <laughs> I'm still horrified. Right. If I said, hey, are you doing anything right now? Do you want to set up a little fucking, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, diorama? <laughs> diorama. You got little, little tiny screen. airplanes, like, on, like, marionette like strings that are flying around. Wow. See that shit. Now that's impressive. I'm not going to lie. Unsolicited, still don't want it. But solicited, <laughs> if you put that much effort into it, I'm impressed. I'm not gonna lie, I'm impressed. Like but a now I motion ex- dick pick. <laughs> now I will expect that every time. Now I will ask you for dick pics, and I would like you to recreate iconic scenes from famous movies. <laughs> 
so uh, there's that. <laughs> Keep going, Rebecca. Uh, so okay, King Kong, excellent. Um, I would like a Jaws themed one. <laughs> I would like. It comes up out of the tub. Yeah, you see, Joe's always thinking, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying, if if, if a lady has asked you for a dick pic, put a little effort into it and make her laugh, make her giggle. We like the effort, right? I I mean, if you ask a guy for something and he get he does the thing you ask him for and a little bit extra. It goes a long way. You're building. I mean, a the point. bar is so fucking low. You're <laughs> gonna be like, <laughs> at, at this point, right? Like at this point, the bar is like, hey, just don't like hurt me, and we'll probably get to do fun stuff together. <laughs> like I'm exaggerating, of course, but like, yeah, when you ask a guy, hey, can you do this thing for me, and he does the thing plus extra. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you can have a little extra fun time tonight. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like it go it it goes a long way if you just put a little effort into it. So I'm just saying if you're going to do a dick pic that you've been asked to send, put some thought into it. You know, um, it's either the it. it's either the third or fourth episode of Euphoria where Rue gives like a dick pic like class oh that was so funny it's super fucking funny it is super (laughs) funny that sounds hilarious she's like there are two types of dick pics unsolicited and solicited within solicited there are these types and then she goes through she's doing like a slideshow and then she goes through like you know how to make them better if they are solicited it's very funny oh Oh, that's funny (laughs) that that sounds great that sounds great they need something in the frame to like show like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like comparative She's size about, like putting some, yeah yeah for reference not, yeah like you could put like a like a strawberry in the frame strawberry for scale right <laughs> this is how big it is here's a strawberry to show you or whatever you know so it's just put a little thought into it yeah. but that but that's the thing. it just goes back to like what we were saying before like if you're into a kink just ask because there's going to be somebody else that's into it, right? Like, <clears throat> so I, I met this guy online, like, doing, like, one of the dating apps. Okay. Guy says to me uh, that he has a foot fetish. And that he wants me to send him pictures of my feet. <laughs> Hell yeah, suck toes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know if I really want to do oh, this. That's so weird. Um. Because for me, I don't have a foot fetish, and I certainly don't have, like, an aversion to feet. Like, like some people have an aversion. Like, oh, don't I don't want to see your bare feet ever, no matter how good they look. I don't ever want to see them. I don't have an aversion, I, but I don't have a fetish. So I, I kind of, like, hesitated. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that and whatever. So in an effort to apparently persuade me to send him pictures of my feet he sent me a picture of his dick which i did not are you (laughs) and said look here's my dick you could send me a picture of your feet it's not that bad and i was like okay block because i didn't ask you for that and if i'm if i'm clearly telling you i don't feel comfortable doing the thing you've asked me to do then that's your cue to be like, okay, you don't feel comfortable. 
that's not your thing, I'll back off. But instead, you assault me with a picture of your private body parts as if I'm going to be like, oh, well, you know, if you put it that way, now I'm convinced. Like, no, I am 0% convinced now to send you pictures of anything of mine. Like, weird. Just weird. I, I don't, yeah. You think quid pro quo. Why didn't he send you a picture of his foot? <laughs> yeah, really. Just me a picture of your foot. That's not going to offend me. <laughs> What were you saying, Melissa? I just said never in history has that worked. Oh, I'm trying to convince you to do this thing you're unsure about. Here's my dick. Like, not one time. (laughs) Can you imagine if, like, those same guys use that, like, in everyday settings, right? Like, they're at a board meeting and they're like, well, I don't know, Tom. I don't know if that's the best strategy for uh, how we can market our chocolate chip cookies. Uh, well, Jim, let me put it this way. Zip. Here's my <laughs> Oh, you know what, Tom? You're right. That's exactly what we should do. Great point. <laughs> well made. Good meeting, everybody. Good meeting. Tom showed us his dick, and now we're all happy about the marketing strategy. Like, that's never worked ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably as good a place as any to start wrapping this up. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. Speaking of wrapping it up, use a condom, everybody. <laughs> yes. Good. Excellent reminder. been such a fantastic time talking to you too. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Alita Battle Angel, no. which I thought for sure we would talk about. Well, what's funny too I don't is- think anybody in this particular community needs me personally to talk any more about Alita Battle <laughs> I, I, You know what's so funny is, I it's not funny, I, I loved your review of that movie because it's so true. I mean, Alita Battle Angel had some really good stuff in it, but it sure did have some shitty stuff in it of how, like... People came for me about that. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I'm sure that people The love came stories in the manga. Alita's just... Alita is just a nice girl who can just show someone how to be a good person. I'm not a fucking good person factory, okay? That's not my job. <laughs> no. I... I Women are not here to somehow be... And when was that manga written? 20 fucking years ago? I don't give a shit what was in that. I'm sorry. No, It's it's (laughs) a multi-million dollar movie. Like, write a good story. I don't fucking get it. I... Whatever. No. No, She had robot boobs, guys. Robot (laughs) boobs. She put fucking blood on her face to become a grown-up. Okay? Literal blood. <laughs> it's not high up on my list of movies to watch. I, I haven't seen it yet. And it's like, oh, no. I mean, so again, there's a lot of... There's good stuff in that movie. But th- this whole idea of how, like, women are supposed to be the saviors of men and women are... We're so good that we are the only ones that can, like, tame the bad boy and make him a good person. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I'm not stupid. here. I'm not here to change anybody. I, I can only change myself. 
I can only become a different person if I change how I feel about things. I'm not here to be anyone's savior or to fix anybody. Fix your own damn self. Well, like, and I'm fucking busy trying to figure out how to be a good person on my own. And I don't have anybody out here, like, magically being, like, the magic key to my success to be a good person. So, like, don't put that on me. I'm busy. Like, it is exhausting (laughs) enough trying to make one person a decent fucking human being. Okay? Like, I I like that it was, I am busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm busy too. I don't have time to fix people. Right? I'm busy. <laughs> I, I got things to do. I'm not here to fix you. And it's it's that that stuff of or like men who are like, you know, oh, I need a woman who brings out the best in me. No, maybe you should just bring out the best in yourself. Yeah, ding I, ding I'm ding. Not, <laughs> like it's that whole idea of like you know women are just we're good and and we're here to you know calm the savage soul and calm the savage beast and we're here to make men better and we're here to you know fix men that are broken no you go to a therapist if you're broken have them and help you, pay you, them. Fix you and you pay them you want me to fix you <laughs> fucking pay me that'll fix you but like th- that's the thing work on fixing yourself go to a therapist talk to somebody like uh, pay a professional to talk to them. Uh, pay pay a dominatrix to have her dominate you and work your shit out. Like there are people out there who can help you, but it's not me. And and you need a professional. And it's and in the movie, he's like she literally gives him her heart. She takes her heart <gasps> out of her chest and gives it to him. And I'm her just special like special robot heart after what? he has been selling robot parts throughout this movie. Get fucked it was so and then all of these captain marvel haters who were like alita battles was like a million times better than captain marvel and i'm like actually it wasn't but well actually well actually i'll just you know it is i okay (laughs) i want it to be known that if you like alita battle angel that's fine like if if that if you love that movie that's great and i'm happy for you and i want you to love that movie you can love something and also recognize that it's problematic and there are lessons to take from everything yes 100 percent agree like i'm not saying like I think it's a trash movie with a trash story. I don't think you're trash if you like it, but I would like you to examine the parts of that story you're connecting to and how you might be perpetuating problematic shit. Like, just look at it briefly. Exactly. Like, you can... I I totally agree. You can love your fandom. You can love a movie. You can love a TV show. you You can love a song. You can love an artist. But you have you do have to look past your love of it and see the problematic things that are wrong with it. Like, I think that's at the core of what's wrong with so many fandoms, like the Doctor Who fandom, the Star Wars fandom. And I'm not saying like everybody who loves Doctor Who is a problem or everybody who loves Star Wars is a problem. Of course not. But you think about the fandoms that they love their thing so much that if you point out, something that's problematic with it, then they're like, oh, how dare you attack this thing that I love so much that it's sacred to me. No, we can't have a woman doctor playing Doctor Who because only white guys have played Doctor Who. And it has to be that way until the end of fucking time. And it's like, okay, do you understand that that's problematic 
for your fandom or it's problematic to the Star Wars fandom when you have people calling Kelly Marie Tran racial slurs to the point that she leaves social media. I mean, what or Daisy Ridley that she leaves social media or when you're calling John Boyega terrible, terrible names because of the color of his skin. This is problematic. There are problems with every franchise and every fandom. You could look at any fandom and say, there are things here that could be better. But when when, when the fandom gets the, that toxicity to it, it's very, it's very troubling. It's very upsetting. Yeah, they're taking a good thing and they're, they're just fucking ruining it. Exactly! And what's sad, too, is that I'd like to think it's just a very vocal minority, but the amount of it you see, it's... Fuck, that might just be wishful thinking that it's a minority. I mean, I'm not saying it's well, a majority, <clears throat> but it's probably more people I mean, than we care I mean, it probably to. is a minority, but the fact that everybody has a voice because of the internet, like, yeah. the the like the people in fandom that don't have these problematic opinions need to get better at calling out the people who do. Exactly. Exactly. Like it, during season eight of Game of Thrones, like if you tw- like if you tweeted something in support of like Sansa, like the Danny people were get like doling out death threats on Twitter and vice versa. Like it was fucking insane. And like these people are taking something that we all love and making it uh, like frankly a dangerous space when mm-hmm. fandom is supposed to be, you know, the complete opposite of that. Uh, so I mean, it's just important. Like if, it, like if I'm hanging out, like talking about Game of Thrones, and somebody says like some problematic shit, like I'm gonna call them on it, and I hope that like everybody listening to that will do the same thing in the spaces that they occupy, because we don't want. Like I am not super in the Star Wars fandom, but like I know everything about the problems that they were having because that is what you hear about these properties, and it's outshining the like. The, the beautiful stories being told and the exciting movies and TV shows coming out. Like if what I'm hearing is more about like how toxic the fandom is than how exciting the properties are. Like that is a problem for all of fandom and not just that property. Mm-hmm. I, I if, agree. If fandom becomes an unsafe space, like we are all fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You should be able to love your fandom, but still, see the problems in it. So like what you were saying about like Alita Battle Angel, if you like that movie, if you had, if you enjoyed the movie, if you liked the story, that's great. If you're a fan of the manga, that's wonderful. But be honest enough to see that there are problematic issues with that movie. Uh, the, the whole tropes of, you know, women trying, women are here to fix men. That's a real that's a real problem, N- not just for that movie, but for all fandoms and for real life. Like that's mm-hmm. the, it, that that's the problem, right? Like for real life, you know, you get these men who are like, and, and you know, they're they're called incels, um, involuntary celibates, right? Who they feel like women um, reject them for no reason, and it's like, oh, well, if someone would just fuck me because I deserve to be fucked and women aren't fair to me and women don't like me. Maybe it's because you're a shit person. Right. Like maybe it's because you live in your mom's basement and you tweet terrible things 24 hours a day and never shower. Maybe that's why nobody wants to <laughs> fuck you. 
take a shower and change your clothes and maybe somebody will fuck you. But like sitting there and being angry because you feel entitled to something that just creates a dangerous environment in the real world as well as the fandom. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. There's, I don't know, dudes sitting and fermenting in anger like that's never a good thing. Like one of the differences I was always told when I was growing up was that, you know, men tend to bottle up their emotions and that's why dudes explode and go do fucking crazy shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, I I think if anybody bottles up their emotions, man or woman, that you will do crazy shit. Yeah. Because, because I mean, your emotions, your feelings exist to tell you when you like something or don't like something, right? If something happens and you get angry, that's your, your mind, your emotions telling you, I don't like this thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with being angry. It's, it's what do you do with that anger? Do you, do you internalize it and, and um, bury it so deep that now you have to do something to keep that anger down? Do you, you have to eat more or you have to drink more or you have to have lots of sex or you have to you know, take drugs to keep that, that anger uh, buried and suppressed? That feeling doesn't go anywhere. It stays there and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it explodes out of you. So to express your feelings, whether it's happiness, joy, sadness, anger, frustration, nothing wrong. You should express it in a healthy way because it, it, that's, your, that's your mind telling you, I like this thing. I don't like this thing. You should express it. And there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with men crying. It's a human emotion. You could cry, guys. Nobody's going to think less of you. And if they do think less of you, then they're an asshole. You don't want those people in your life anyway. True that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think one of the big takeaways from this is that, you know, men really need to do a better job of putting their mind outside of themselves and thinking, how does this affect people around them? And not just men. I, I should say everybody in general needs to do that is try and spend a little bit more time thinking about, you know, what are the consequences of this action? How's it going to affect the world around me? Is it going to, is it going to create something better? If is it going to create something worse? And in my mind, if it's going to create something worse, you should probably keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> we fixed the world, Joe, the three of us, we fixed the problem. <laughs> That's it. Let's fix everybody. We, we, we got fix a good sexism. start going, well, right? Rebecca and I have been practicing for a really long time fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> True. I really appreciate both of you coming on and, and talking with me about this. I think it was very informative. And, um, and yeah, it, hopefully I didn't sound like too big of an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, and thank you so much for you. having us. This is so fun. This is our favorite, I think. I'll just, I guess, speak for Rebecca on that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful time. I, anytime that I can record with Melissa, I'm very excited, too, because I really enjoy talking to you always, Melissa. I, oh, I've yes, al- I totally agree. I always, I love talking to you on Twitter. I love texting you. I love recording with you. I look forward. You know, ne- next year, uh, God willing, I'll be in Chicago again. And so I'm excited to see you again next year for C2E2. So, like, yeah, like, these are... 
these are all I I feel really and I and I'm not bullshitting. I'm not being sarcastic. I have to clarify because I'm very sarcastic usually, but <laughs> I, no, no sarcasm or anything. I I feel truly blessed that you're a part of my life. I really really do. Like I am. I feel very happy that you are a person that I can talk to on a regular basis because I think (laughs) there's not enough of women supporting women and I love to support other women and I know you do too. So I feel like this is a really great friendship that we have. We support each other and there's so many other women that we talk to online, like Amanda and Brooke and Cindy and um, Dana Sparenberg and um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget somebody, but like, there's so many women that I talk to online all the time and we're just always like supporting each other, Emily, Susan. And I love that. I love that so much. We need more of that and, and less of letting society tell us women, we should be fighting each other over stupid men. No, I want to support other women first. And so, yeah, I love recording with Melissa. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, Rebecca, you're the one who got me like involved in the leftover army basically so you are to thank for how much everybody has had to put up with me (laughs) Uh, uh, then i have zero regrets zero regrets you you are a welcome addition to our family 100 percent. and i get so excited like if if i hear that you're going to be on on pop culture leftovers i'm like yes melissa episode like uh, um or like you know just to name like some other women that we talked to like june or and stephanie oh my god i can't believe i got stephanie but like june and stephanie when they're on on pop culture leftovers too i get so excited to hear their voices and and what they're saying and what they're thinking and i just yeah i'm here to support women i'm here to support other women I'm here to boost up other women. I'm here to signal boost other women because that's what I want to be. I want to be a supportive friend. I want to be a supportive ally. And I'll, I'll sometimes um, support men too if they're okay. Joe, you're okay. You're, you, are a, you are a good guy and I will always support you. So Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so great. Um, Melissa, where can people find, where can people get more Melissa in their lives? Oh, if you really need me, I am on Twitter at Mellow Yellow, which is M-E-L-L-O-O-Yellow, and I co-host a podcast called Wild Pretty Things. Um, We do it about an episode to two episodes a month right now. We started as a Sharp Objects podcast, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it, listen to the podcast. Um, We just recorded an episode about Midsummer that should be out soon, which I'm really excited about because I am obsessed with that movie, so uh, you can keep your eyes open for that. Awesome. Rebecca, yo. <laughs> I actually, I um, sorry, two two rum and cokes in, and I'm, I'm very loopy. Um, so I I would just like to say that um, I started watching Sharp Objects, um, and right away I found Melissa's podcast. And uh, Melissa, I've told you this before, but I really mean it that I enjoyed Sharp Objects a hundred times more because oh. of your show because it thank it, you. Your, your breakdown of the show and your passion for the show was so palpable. Um, it just made me enjoy the show even more. So yeah, if you haven't watched sharp objects for some incredibly insane reason, you should watch it. Um, and then listen to Melissa. But, um, if you want to hear more of me and I really don't know why you would, but if you want to hear more of me, um, I am on another uh, show with Joe. We host number one comic books with Rod and Brian 
and we each pick a number one issue of a comic book and we review it. Uh, that's bi-weekly. And then um, I'm also the co-host of the Animated Batcast with Paul Hart, where we are reviewing episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Joe, you were on an episode with us. Yeah. Um, which was a lot of fun. It was great to have you on. And uh, so we're, we're, we're alternating episodes of the TV show and comic arc. So we just did an episode of the TV show. It was uh, Tiger, Tiger. Uh, that was with, um, oh, God, who was our guest? Chris Eaton. Fuck. Chris. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> terrible. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I just listened oh, to it this shit. morning. <laughs> I, I blanked. Oh, my God. Sorry, Chris. Um, and then next episode, we'll do a comic arc. So, yeah, that's where you can hear more of me. And I'm also on Twitter, Dollface Rebecca. And that's Rebecca with a K A H, not a C C A. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check out those podcasts. Um, and thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast. <laughs>